0: hi this is joseph arthur thanks for checking out come to where i'm from please support us on patreon patreon.com slash come to where i'm from we are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated hey hey drew stone are we rolling already legendary fuck yeah dude yeah we're going that's how we do it
1: oh okay oh good
0: we're already in the in into it those shit (laughs) we're talking about your dad and mel brooks (laughs) i love love those fucking shoes by the way
2: are uh, Are those doc what are those yeah these are doc martens
0: i'm gonna get some doc martens oxblood
2: oxblood doc (laughs) martens i'm gonna get some listen i got lucky man they sponsored one of my films so they were like hey pick whatever you want out of the catalog i'm like okay how about this this and this when
0: you get endorsed by a company you can go pretty buck wild i find you can go buck wild,
2: Bucky sometimes. Buck, bro. That's when you. Bro, go, that's when you go for it. You know, I have a whole storage <laughs> room full of Godin guitars, for instance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I got. If a, anybody I got, wants to buy a Godin, I got one. For I got you. a closet full of Doc Martin shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I gotta get. I, I decided recently I'm gonna get some combat boots because it feels like combat time, and yeah. I, and also it's fa- I like the fashion.
2: Combat is always in fashion, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's, that's good. There's, there's always some some chaos or or, or or drama or war going on. I love know? that. Combat
0: yeah. is always in fashion. It kind
2: of is combat rock, right? Yeah,
0: combat rock.
2: That's we did that clash thing together, right? Yeah, we uh, did a, we did a couple of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The one two, it, two years in a row.
2: Right? Did yeah. you do the one in L.A. at at, at the at the Roxy? I
3: think so. No, you did the Bowery one.
0: But I, I, I did one in L.A. at the oh, Roxy you did? as well. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I didn't did know I don't that. know if it was Clash. I think it was.
2: Yeah, we did. I Yeah, I yeah. seem to remember that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gates of the West. <laughs> what did you do? What song did you do? I don't even remember what song I did. I did, did, um, I <laughs> did
2: a Safe European Home. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a good one.
0: Did you ever meet Joe Strummer? No. Yeah, I got a chance too.
2: No, but 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 I got a I got a I got a great Clash story. Well, go for it. Okay, it, it, it's, <laughs> I've talked about this before, but and I guess it ties into probably later on. But in 1981, when I was in Boston, going to Emerson College and studying acting, um, I fell in with, with some some hardcore kids, and uh, I was part of that original Boston skinhead crew. And the Clash were playing the Orpheum. One um one night,
3: which is a small theater for it, those. It's who like don't know. it's
2: like it's like the Beacon Theater here in New York. You know, every, every 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 city has one, right? It's like we're not playing the Enormo Dome; we're playing the
0: thirty five hundred,
2: the old the old ratty theater, right? So we go down, me and some of my you know juvenile delinquent um, skinhead punk f- friends, and we're hanging out in front, and it was long sold out. Boston's a, a, a college town, mm-hmm. so whenever like. You know, back then, when when like a band like that would come to town, forget it. You know, it was like so many college kids. So we just thought, hey, it's a Saturday night. We'll go. We'll hang out. So maybe we could sneak in or something. You know. So we're hanging out outside, and and everybody goes in, and it's like you know, me and like you know whatever, like seven or eight, nine, ten of my like scumbag friends, and and I say that with love. And um, we're out there, and the music's starting, and we hear them playing "London Calling." And we're like, fuck, you know, and there's no way to sneak in. And then uh, all of a sudden, their road manager, Cosimo Vinyl, who was sort of like, almost like in the band. Mm-hmm. You know, he, looked, he looked like he was in the band, you know. He, he comes out and he's like, you know what, what are you lot doing out here? And we were just like, <laughs> yo, we, we, we can't get tickets, we don't have money, we, we can't get in. He's like, what? He's like, come with, come with me. And takes like 10 of us up to the front door and he launches into this this tirade uh to the people running the place that um these are the people that should be in the show these are the real clash fans here these are the people that should be in the show and if you don't let them in I'm pulling the band off the stage right now <laughs> and we were like wow you know and he he uh insisted on on getting us all in like 10 of us mm-hmm. and it was incre- it was incredible and It was, you know, and what always resonated from me about that was the Joe Strummer thing that, you know, without people you're nothing. Right. You know, and and that I always carried that with me, you know. So whenever I do film screenings or, um, you know, gigs, I always take a quick peek outside before it goes down. And whoever's just sort of loitering out here, there, who's obviously yeah. can't afford to get in, yeah. I make it my business to get them in. That's good. Yeah.
0: What a treat. That's a really, yeah. that's a great story.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I these, like that. These are the people that should be in here. Yeah. They're
3: they're out there every night. Anyone got a free ticket? Anyone got an extra? <laughs> got yeah. a, I need a miracle,
0: right? <laughs> what was that that happened?
3: Oh, I was trying to flip the phase, but, but it's we, fine. Did, we, no, we didn't lose anything. Okay, good.
0: That's cool. That's a good story. Yeah, they they stand for that that sort of for the people thing.
2: Yeah, they were an important band. They I, I loved that band. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, and Joe Strummer came from like sort of upper middle class, right?
2: Yeah apparently so and he was you know he was around before the clash he was in the 101ers and mm. they sort of had like a little bit of a i don't say hippy dippy history but
0: yeah i smoked my first spliff with him
2: <laughs> is that right that's right spliff as in as in tobacco, and, ha- and, tobacco. and hash mixed yeah
0: i never mi- i never seen anybody mix tobacco and and hash until i was hanging out with him i could never handle that because i was from ohio <laughs> And then we never did that. Like, right. we just smoked pure weed. And then so... As and I was, one should. When I was in England for the first time, he was happened to be at Peter Gabriel's studio. And so he was, like, rolling one of those up with his friends, and I was, like, sitting there with him going, what the fuck are they doing? I didn't know. I didn't ask. But when it went around, I smoked it.
2: Could you smoke it? I did. did you, are you a cigarette smoker? Yeah. Yeah, because I never smoked cigarettes. Right. So I always had a hard... Like, I, I never could could smoke it like with with the tobacco in it. it it was too much for me
0: yeah yeah no it's i i really like that whole tobacco weed mix unfortunately <laughs> in israel no, i wish i thought it was disgusting hash. they
3: smoke hash right. everything I with wish. cigarette right. tobacco and you can't for anyone who doesn't smoke cigarettes it's just impossible
0: well that's the whole blunt the blunt theory is that you're rolling the weed in a tobacco leaf right you know, and that's so it's it's kind of a reverse bliff.
2: That's about as far as I went when I when I was smoking is with like, a blunt with, with a with the tobacco, yeah, yeah. I and mean, I haven't smoked in in a decade already. You know? Oh, really? A long no, time. no weed. Nothing. Wow. Nothing.
0: I need to quit again. I just knocked
2: it. I just not. <laughs> I, I just knocked it off, man. Yeah. I, it's been twelve years now. Right. I don't drink. I don't drug. I don't smoke.
0: Total sobriety.
2: Listen, I did enough drugs for everybody in my yeah. time. You know, I, I just yeah. It just ran its course for me you know and i i grew up here in new york city yeah you know so you know kind of like where i grew you know where i grew up and and when i was around in a lot of ways like you know a bag of dope was cheaper cheaper than a bag of reefer mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so it was like there was a lot of that around you know right and i was around for like crack epidemics and stuff like yeah, that yeah. so
0: where did you grow up
2: uh i what? was born in forest hills oh okay which is uh, where the ramones are from yeah and uh i i lived in manhattan and then I lived in uh the Spite and Dival section of the Bronx. I went to JFK High School in the Bronx. Wow. Yeah. And um, yeah.
0: That's cool.
2: Yeah, and, and as and as a as a teenager growing up in the Bronx back then, uh it, it was interesting. It was an interesting time. I grew I grew up in an interesting time in New York City. It was sort of like uh, uh, I was part of sort of the blank generation. You know, I wasn't here and I wasn't, you know, there. We were sort of like you know, we were after the 60s thing and we weren't, you know, we weren't MTV kids, you know, sort of in this weird sort of vacuum of a couple years there, growing up in New York in the 70s, you know. And um, it was an interesting time. New York was, you know, a scary place and, uh, you know, just, just finding our way then. And, but one, one interesting thing that came up recently about that is, um, so I grew up in the Bronx. I went to JFK High School. And for some reason, where I lived in the Bronx southern rock was huge <laughs> we that's t- unexpected we were talking about this recently like and, and i'm not just talking about a multi, you know because because where i grew up was really uh, you know multi-ethnic you know right. so it was like black kids puerto rican kids southern rock that's was funny as hell. was the biggest thing and we'd be in the park with boom boxes listening to like southern rock like
0: that's crazy yeah right that's so funny i know <laughs> so weird that somebody should put that in a film I'm working on that's, that's it. <laughs> a good, that's a good scene. Did you have siblings?
2: Yes, yeah, so I have a younger brother and, and, and a younger sister. And uh, you know, my brother now is is a filmmaker out out in uh, uh, he lives in Hollywood, and uh, he has a show. Uh, he's a cinematographer on a show called Expedition Unknown. I think uh, I've heard of that. Yeah, on the Discovery Channel, where they like they go. All, Josh <laughs> yeah. Josh Gates is the host, and they go all over the planet, like looking for like you know, we're looking for you know the lost nazi gold and then we're looking for you know the chupacabra or whatever you know or it
0: yeah, kind of like the thing geraldo rivera started with the whole al capone's <laughs> tomb and whatever a it was crock
2: of shit that was
0: <laughs> that was mainstream television that was a big deal man. that was a big deal and it was empty right
2: it was. A, what was it, it was like a safe. I, don't, I missed that. You don't remember that? No, no, no. Oh, dude. no it, it was, was huge. It was, a, it was, it was a, like Super
0: Bowl Sunday. Yeah. When they, <laughs> what, what year are we talking? <laughs> like an about Oprah host. There was it was like late seven. Shit. No,
3: what was it? Like eighties, nineties? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I was uh, you, elsewhere. No, You're no, no. The
2: the, the the um, Al Capone used to frequent this hotel. He owned like part of it or something, and they found the safe in the basement. Here right. in New York, or where? In no, it was Chicago? like in Chicago oh, okay. or something, right? I thought it was Miami, maybe or Chicago or something like that. And so the big reveal was going to happen after the Live Super Bowl, on television. Live on television. They're going to open it. And they opened it. There was nothing, <laughs> in, <laughs> nothing it. in it. Nothing in it. You think they would like, like, which is kind of impressive
0: because Like means, a
3: national sigh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was like. <laughs> no, it was a national sigh. Exactly.
0: Well put. That was like, it's like, you would think they would just like. It's kind of like makes it cool because it means they were credible. It means they didn't like fucking Plant front load it. In the, like it was right. legit. They were right. really going for it. it so in a way, you gotta like but, appreciate but maybe, it. But, <laughs> but maybe maybe it wasn't. Maybe they actually looked. It
2: was like shit. There's nothing in it. And said, "Well, what are we gonna do now? I guess right. we gotta roll with it." You yeah,
0: know? that's true. Somebody put
2: a few dollars. in That's there. funny. So you
0: got two. Uh, you got, so you're the oldest of three. And were were your folks together, or did they split? Uh, no, or? my
2: folks split when I was nine. Nine. So I, I grew up uh, in in a single single parent home. But right. But my, my dad was with al- your mom or your with dad? with my mom. Oh, okay. But my dad was always around. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. No, my dad. My dad grew up not far from here uh, in an orphanage. Wow. Uh, in the Lower East Side. Interesting. Yeah. So he grew up in an orphanage, and and he ended up in an orphanage when um he was a kid. His mother uh, was sick with tuberculosis. And couldn't take care of him, and and they ended up in, in an orphanage. Here. Wow. My dad met his brother in the orphanage; like was introduced to a kid with the same last name. <clears> and, <throat> that's funny. And, and that's his bro- That was his brother. And uh, my dad grew up. In people the,
0: used he, to grow up hardcore. What? People introduced used to, grow, to somebody? People used happened. to go. <laughs> oh, he, <laughs> that's well, yeah.
2: But he, he, my dad, grew up in the Israel orphanage asylum on house. It was on Houston Street. Mm. So. My dad, uh, my dad grew up and then uh, got out of there and was in the army, and then found his way into the film business. How did he do, do that? He got a job um, running as like a messenger. Like remember when, when they would have boxing matches, they'd shoot them on film,
1: mm-hmm. and after
2: each round they would download the film and give it to a messenger, and the messenger would run it to the lab. Mm. So my dad's first job was like running one film to the lab, and then just like one thing led to the other. <coughs>
0: what a cool way to get in the film business. Yeah. Like that's really like ground floor.
2: Well back then back then the, the, the film business was very um nepotistic. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was like it you had to know somebody. Right. It's not like now, you know, New York school of film, you mm-hmm. know, study to be you know, a cam you know, like fuck that. Mm-hmm. That didn't exist. You had to know somebody. It was it was like a fiefdom, you know. It was like very difficult to get into the film business, you know. Right. So um yeah. So he, he made his way into the film business. And I think that, you know, because of my dad's upbringing and his father, his father walked out on the family uh, and like in the, in, you know, when times got tough, you know, my dad, uh, even though my parents split, my dad was, was always around That's nice. and still is. That's cool. Yeah. And he's have- a, he's a big part of, of my life and my brother's life. And
0: is he supportive of your films and your oh, work? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're
2: we're doing uh, a new film together. He's the executive producer on a film uh, that that we just uh, we were just shooting in the Middle East.
0: The Jews and the Blues. The Jews and the Blues. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he's. Uh, that's an interesting concept. It
2: is. It is. I wanted to do something different, you know, like uh, yeah, you know, after doing the the Michael Alago film and the new- I love that. I watched and that we last we night. We Both <laughs> watched it last oh, night, dude. We were like. <laughs>
0: I forget. Did I text you or did you? You you text me. I go, yeah. I'm watching the Michael Alago film right now. I love. I love this guy. I'm like on on Rob Zombie. I'm right on. I'm right at Rob Zombie, and he goes, "So am I. We're total kismet on that. That's a good one." But. Yeah, really
3: well done.
2: Thanks. Yeah, for Am- those who don't know, it's called the. F- it's called who the who Fu- the fuck is this who guy? The, no, who the fuck <coughs> is that guy? The oh. fabulous journey of Michael Alago. Right, and uh, it's been very successful. It did very well on um, Netflix. And, it makes and, sense. And, yeah, it, it did it's well. On Amazon it's a great, Prime. Great, great character study.
0: You don't need to know who that guy is.
2: Well, well I think I think <coughs> going into that film, uh, I have a belief that you know films. Um, you need, in a certain regard, uh, what's the bigger picture? And as far as the Ilago film goes, you know, the film, yeah, it's it's about the guy who, you know, signed Metallica and stuff like that. But the bigger picture, which is the grander appeal, is it's just about someone that loves music. Mm-hmm. And that's what really spoke to me. And yeah. uh, just like... Um, and
0: loves life, even loves yeah. life. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's just a, ca- a guy who loves life and it also is <laughs> fucked up enough to be interesting <laughs> you know a, what I mean he's a character yeah. I mean
2: there's there's other f- similar films about you know people that did similar things but he's a character yeah and he's great on camera and he just has an incredible story you know i mean just you know yeah
0: when i say fucked up too i don't mean it as an insult i mean i actually mean it as a compliment i just mean interesting and gone through some shit you know what i mean listen
2: a a gay hispanic kid who grew up in a hasidic (laughs) neighborhood in brooklyn who went on the chain who went on the change the face of the music business yeah Yeah. yeah. and grew
0: up in like the you know the 80s new york gay scene (laughs) Like no nah, I'm just saying that's no, interesting no. that's fodder for interesting yeah, film. Yeah the, the
3: telephone's ringing. I that mean was that was wild. great. Yeah that was good. Wild. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, <laughs> so
0: just so, like people, so people know thing. like back in the day like in the, like in cruising areas there would be yeah. some payphones ringing. You'd answer the phone and look up at a window, and some dude would be jerking off and invite you up. If you, well, like. I remember that's a, this. that's a way that they would. Cruise. I remember
2: this. I grew up in New York, so phones would be ringing.
0: I didn't know. Oh that. yeah, man, that's funny. Just as like hell. like
2: Ditto, you know, Ditto, <laughs> like Ditto says in the film. You know, Ditto, right? He's, um, he he says in the film. Oh, now I know. Well, you know what? Oh, it, right, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Now I know what that meant. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, I'd be like a teenager in New York, and phones, you know, pay phones would be ringing, and you pick it up. Yeah. And you'd be like, you know. What do you do? You know what are you right. wearing? What are you doing? You know <laughs> what's up? You know, Where I mean, are you? Like,
0: the, <laughs>
2: the fuck? Yeah. yeah I, was, I mean, it's the
0: same thing with apps now, though. There was just like a prelude to apps, basically.
2: That was a start. But you know. but the Ilago thing, um, it was great. It was a great. It was a great ride. You know, and uh, you know a lot of the artists that that he signed: Metallica, um, Rob Zombie, uh, Cindy Lauper. You know, blah 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 blah. That are in the film. Uh, really uh, opened up the doors, you know. They
0: love that guy. Yeah, they love him. They all love him. John
2: Lydon, Johnny Lydon.
0: I've never, by the way, I've never seen him like that before. That's my bro. That was one of the most. That's my dude. You could tell because I've never seen him, like I've just never seen, I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of his personality, (laughs) even when he's being a dick, maybe especially when he is, but like he was a genuinely nice character in that film. Yeah. Like 100%. Like just a softy almost. He's a great guy. Yeah, you could see it in that. You could see it.
2: I love that guy. And and, and I really connect with him. And I have a belief that what it is is that usually what he's – usually like the BBC sends down some 21-year-old girl to like – ask him questions about, you know, Sid Vicious. And yeah. he's just sick of it. Right. You know what I mean? He's just fucking sick well, of it. Well,
0: it's the same thing, like, because I used to, yeah. like, kick it with Lou Reed, and it was the same yeah. thing. He had the worst reputation for that. Right. But it was just, like, sick of the... Enough of Enough anything. of that bullshit. If you yeah. approached him differently... Yeah. ...from a different perspective, right. he was, like, the nicest guy in the yeah. world.
2: Yeah, and, 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 you know, and John, I remember, was living in New York, and I'd see him around. Right. So... You know, immediately, you know, we're connecting on old New York and... you. Where know. would you see him? Well, he lived on the West Side, and I dated a girl whose father was a... Uh, a um, was that is this a coke thing? <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> he's wiping his nose it's like, for the it's, listeners, it's, it's, like it's, in a cokey way or something. It's like I don't a, know. It's, it's, a, a, it's, it's a gangster thing. It's a gangster. And, thing uh,
0: it was a co- was a co-owner <laughs> of a. Does that
2: mean gangster?
0: Yeah, it was like, oh, okay. A crooked nose. Oh, crooked nose. Okay, I get it. Um,
2: <laughs> was a co-owner of a club called Kamikaze. Oh, okay. And um, I used to spend some time down there. And he lived right, right around there. And, and you would just see him. I'd see him, and so you know. Uh,
0: and you would really, would I'd be blown away if I met him. Like, were you like blown away or what?
2: Like immediately, we just connected, and just had a great time. <coughs> oh, oh, just oh vibed. you want to hear the great? I got the yeah. great John Lydon story. Okay. So we're in we're in we're in L. A. Uh-huh. And we're getting ready to. Uh, the next day, we're going to interview Lydon, and, and, and already, and already, like I know he has a reputation of just destroying interviewers. You know, I'm yeah. looking online, I'm thinking, oh fuck, you know. So I say to Alago, yo, call him, ask him if he wants us to bring anything, right? So we're in a restaurant, Alago calls him and speaks to his man Rambo. He, he, his like personal assistant, John, John John's person. <laughs>
3: no, John Rambo. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. John. And Exa- John. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. John, <laughs> John Lydon's.
1: Just as we mentioned. Uh, Rambo's been coming up a lot. About- we, Is it? We about talked about the blood. whole premise of first
0: blood today. Oh, I love that. Yeah, of course. That's an aside. We can talk about, we'll go into Rambo later, but keep with this story.
2: Uh, so John Lydon, um, has his childhood friend, uh, I think John Rambo, who, who, grew, <laughs> up in the, who grew, grew up in the, in the projects with him, yeah. and that's the only person he really trusts to handle his affairs. So we call, a talking to Rambo, I hear you ask him if you bring, and you hear Lydon in the background says, yeah, uh, a case of Corona, a, uh, a bottle of this tequila with the worm in it, right? Mescal, whatever that is, the big yeah yeah and, oh
0: I don't know what this is called yeah, yeah and and with and, the worm in it and get um, some Patron at least Jesus what are you in high school he's got a ride friend it's like this? that's some high <laughs> school a shit case, get the one with the worm a in case it. of
2: Corona <laughs> like, at least he's keeping it Mexican right a yeah. case of Corona <laughs> yeah the the, the the some nachos right <laughs> and a fucking enchilada <laughs> the the tequila with the worm and a case of Marlboro
0: right he smokes cigs yeah. I noticed that. He,
2: in case tomorrow, right? So we show up, and I got we show up early in the morning in Malibu, right? We, we, you know he lives in Malibu, and I got the case, the case of Corona in the bottle, and we go, and we knock on. it. It's the
0: like this too. It's like you live in Malibu, you can't afford your own fucking booze, John. No, I'm just whatever. Well, I'm well just, wait. I'm let joking. Me finish, let go me, go finish oh, okay, go let me
2: finish the story. Let me finish the story. So we, we show up in the morning with the shit, knock on a door, he answers the door, and he looks at you know, hey, what's up, you know, hey, and he says, oh. You took me seriously. I was only—I was only kidding. Uh, but right. we all know damn well yeah. it's like the Van Halen Brown M and M's. Right, thing. right, right. You know, if 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 we would have blinked, you didn't do it. Why the fuck should I give a fuck if you don't give a fuck? Right. That's what. That's what it was. It like the Brown M and M's Van Halen thing. So.
0: Yeah, you
3: brought up Van Halen. There's that's a photo. So funny. There's a photo of a lago with David Lee Roth. Oh, where's where, where, how did the, where's the cross? Where did that happen?
2: Well, that's just because David Lee Roth, you know, back then was hanging out in, in, a, lo- New York? in a lot of gay. You know, clubs. He was like, uh, I think that was. I think that was, was pre Van Halen being huge. Oh, or no, that was. Did he swing both ways, David Lee Roth? It's not for me to say. You know, whatever. Oh whatever, really? Whatever. Whatever. David Lee Roth. You know. No judgment, but, by but, but the way. But we used to see. I used to. See, we used to see him out all the time. Really? An in, in after-hours place, like Save the <clears> Robots. Right, 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 he, right. Yo, he he was. He, he, <laughs> he lived in New York. No, but he'd be out, and, and he was a big. Big pot smoker. Mm. I mean, we used to smoke. Hey, yo, what's up? He got busted for for buying. Right, and a he nickel. blamed blamed
0: it on his girl.
2: And then his nick on a, he got busted uh, and, by in an Washington nickel bag. Square Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I
0: remember that. Oh, uh, I don't.
2: Be, yeah. No, that was Billy Idol that blamed his girl.
0: <laughs> I think David Lee Roth did too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That's why it's good to have a girl around. You could blame. Yeah, she yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was her. It was her. She was, I, it, it was her. Uh,
3: the the Alago thing, the what fascinated me was the early days at Max's. Yeah, were you there at the time? And no. Or that's pre you. No, Alago's
2: Alago in a certain way is is like a generation above me. Okay, um, he, he's not much older than me, but but he was he, at a very young age. He was already involved. Yeah, so so yeah. my generation, like I was too young. I, I I never got in with like that Max's crowd. You know, um, I I came into it a little bit later, and and and. Punk and that kind of that stuff, Patti Smith and, and Blondie, that was never my thing. I, I went from, you know, Southern rock to, you know, Minor Threat, Black Flag, mm-hmm. American Hardcore. That was my gateway. And then from there, kind of went backwards. I, mm. I took a weird sort of
0: jump. Mm. How'd you, know? you meet Michael Alago?
2: Well, just, just like it is um, in the beginning of the film, when I say, and I quote, I used to go out every night yeah. in New York City. And whether I was, you know, at the cat club or Seabees or, or Backstage at the Garden, I just kept seeing the same fucking guy over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> right. it's, it's the truth. Yeah. And and but and also like, you know, who's that like little gay guy in this super like homophobic, it's you know,
0: aggro scene. <laughs> and running it basically kind of
2: just being fabulous yeah with
0: his all-access lounge. that's yeah that's amazing yeah so so
2: i was always like who the fuck is that and then i and then i then then i um oh yeah that's michael lago he's he signed metallica okay cool and then when i when i really became connected with him is i was managing bands in in the 90s and i was managing a band a new york hardcore band called sub-zero and uh they were signed to century media and um I know um, I, I sing for in, in a band called Antidote, one of the original New York hardcore bands, which was formed when uh, Arthur Googie left the Misfits. So when I first joined Antidote, you know we um, used to rehearse at the Misfits place, and we were friends with those guys. I've been friends with those guys a long time. So I was managing Sub-zero, and that's when the Misfits got back together with another singer with Michael Graves singing. And I called my friend Jerry only, and I said, "Yo." I'm managing this band. They, they got some tours to work, you know. And to his credit, I got to say, Jerry was like, Drew Stone, anything for you, Drew Stone. And he, and he took, you know, my little New York hardcore band that I was managing and got them on the first ever Misfits European tour. And so I go out on that tour. And on that tour, um, Michael Oago was there for a while because he signed the Misfits to Geffen. That was the deal. He, he signed them to Geffen at the record that Daniel Ray produced, um, American Psycho. So, Michael was drinking, was still drinking back. This was 97. And my guys were drinkers and brawlers. And there was a lot of fights. And Olago was in the mix. He would fight. Yo. Olago's no joke. Olago yeah. can scrap.
0: Yeah, and they were I guess kn- so. It kind of goes into that in the
2: documentary. To. Yeah, And my guys would just be like getting into shit like, you know, fucking like, you know, Milan, you know, Italy, like, well, bro, and like, Alago well, was in the mix. And, you know, you know how it is when you're on the road with, a, you know, a bunch of people, you bond. Yeah. And especially when you're in Europe and you're taking those ferries. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know how it goes. Yeah, and, you're
0: day drinking in a ferry. <laughs> <laughs> with a ferry. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Um that's when I first really connected with him. Wait,
3: so you yeah. knew the misfits when Glenn was there? Oh yeah. We played oh, I played wow. I, before, How was that whole scene?
2: It was interesting. I mean, I before I was an antidote, I was in a band called The High and the Mighty. And and we we played, we opened for the Misfits um in Boston. And uh what people the swirling sands of time, uh what people don't realize is back then. Nobody gave a shit about the Misfits. Right. I saw the Misfits here at Gildersleeves and it was half full, and people were just like, You suck. And like, more so than not, nobody gave a Yet shit they about had
3: them. so much influence.
2: How did that happen? They were just unique. Why did the Ramones have so much influence? They were unique. But they had success. That's
0: interesting what you just said. Unique.
2: Yeah. That's
0: the main thing, isn't yeah, man. it? And that is so true.
2: Did the Ramones have success in what regard? They, I mean, they, not really. Not really. <laughs> not
0: really. No?
1: no. 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 Dude, I mean, at Because you're like,
2: looking at, you have the perspective now, looking well, back. Well, uh, like yeah. ninety. Yeah. I mean, bro, 90s, I saw that. I
0: saw them in the nineties at the Masquerade in Atlanta. Georgia. Oh man. I mean, that, I know and that, and that's a big club. I mean, Upstate, but but yeah. that's not like yeah, fucking, they didn't play the That's garden. not Killing it, dude. Right. Like, especially yeah. for a band. That defined a generation, you know, and defined a genre. Yeah, you know, like playing at the masquerade. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love it, you know. But at the same time, it ain't massive. They, it ain't Justin Bieber numbers. They never went over the top, right? And
2: they struggled. They, they and they struggled. They yeah. struggled for years, and they they, they never they, didn't struggle. They they always every Let's put it that you way. You always kind of felt like. Every record they, they were just trying to like break through. Yeah. And and listen, the big one. What was the one with uh, the end, end of the century? Thank you. Yeah. And uh, they certainly, you know, they gave it a shot. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. But no, the, no, they
3: rocked but the, it. But We the, had Monty on, and he he yeah. spoke about that album. How uh, yeah. uh, who didn't like it? Joey Joey loved the album.
2: Johnny Johnny, Johnny, Johnny maybe hated didn't it. like it. Yeah. Didi hated <coughs> it. Probably. Yeah. He hated maybe. Dee hated everything
0: that's funny did you know him yeah, yeah yeah what was he like
2: a little unstable yeah but a great guy But the best people are yeah yeah, yeah. A, a, a great guy but, yeah. but just ooh, you don't know what you're gonna get you know yeah you, you, you never know but the misfits thing once again they were unique and um you, you know I, i've talked about this uh, on the show that i do uh it's like kiss so many kids were influenced by kiss right because when you're young and you're a kid you don't understand music what you understand is the visual Mm-hmm. You want un- you understand the 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 uh, the the you know icon the the you know,
0: but great rock and roll songs too, undeniable. Like great rock and roll yeah. song after great rock and roll song. Pretty
2: yeah, same with Misfits. I mean, great great kind of punk anthems. Yeah, and same with the Ramones and same with the Misfits. But they all had I mean, the, same they all
0: had the visual thing down yeah. too. Yeah, for sure. So a strong visual yeah. definition. The Misfits
2: too. back then were like our kiss. Yeah, the Misfits were like our kiss, like us hardcore kids. We loved them, and and they were um, they they created the roadmap. Yeah, because before then, bands uh, it didn't exist. Like make your own shirts, make your own records, book your own tours. Yeah, they them and Black Flag, you know they they (laughs) create where they'd
3: call people up to try to book shows. Not yeah, we used to do
2: you know. And, and, you know, (laughs) one time, uh, Chuck Dukowski from uh, Black Flag gave us, you know, I was part of this, like this Boston clique, you know, Mm. and uh, gave us because everybody had these these credit card numbers, you know, these like, you know, he had he had like Exxon's credit card number, you know, to make long distance calls. Mm. And he gave it to us. man. And we we danced on that for like months. Wow! They didn't figure that out you know but that's how
0: i wonder what the statute of limitations is on that <laughs> we might have to edit that part out of the podcast how did you get into singing
2: um well i uh you know um uh, i was i i was studying acting i right. I, I uh as a t- as a teenager i i did theater uh i did plays and west side story and wow. things and things like that and um i went to emerson to be the next uh you know the next James Dean, and you know, mm-hmm. I kind of showed up there, and I really thought it was going to be easy. Um, I was pretty uh, undisciplined uh, a- a- as a teenager, and you know, coming from New York to Boston, and you know, I kind of got up there and uh, immediately, sort of, uh, school was a- was difficult, um, and then right as soon as I got there, what I- do you mean
0: it was difficult?
2: Well, as soon as I got there, I got. Um, I, I ended up at my first hardcore show, oh. and um, so you
0: couldn't focus because you found a passion. Yeah, that's you. all right. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> it just like wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Nailed it. Right? Yeah, yeah it, it just was like, Woo! <laughs> right. You know, and so um, what was it about
0: hardcore that swept you up and took you away from something awesome like acting?
2: It was young kids my age. Yeah, and and uh, there was a sense. It was a com- family, community, and culture yeah it's community and culture and and that's it's a heavy
0: community like yeah. that's a, even your hardcore film i didn't see the whole thing yeah. of that yet yeah. but the part of it too is just like this whole thing of just like yeah. you know this is for life
2: yeah yeah and and it's um it's a big it's a big bonding a, a big bonding thing it, it's it's interesting hardcore and In new york hardcore New York hardcore is interesting. It It is sort of become. It has stood the test of time, and it's 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 very uh, community. Why do you yeah.
0: think that it stood the test of time? What do you think of it? As well, powerful. Like I that? think
2: New York hardcore was uh, was um, slow in in sort of you know you have DC hardcore right you know you have you have the you have the you have you know the California stuff you know the Dead Kennedys and Black Flag and you know they came out of the box first. Then you had the DC and the Boston thing and Bad Brains. Yeah. Well. New York eventually kind of got rolling, but I talked to the DC guys and they're sort of like, Yeah, I did that and I moved on. Mm. Yeah, I was, you know, we had a, (laughs) you're still doing that hardcore thing, you know, like sort of, you know, you have people that sort of, Yeah, I did it for a couple years and I moved on. Mm -hmm. In New York, people kind of stuck with it and there was other uh, uh, continuous waves of New York hardcore. And for instance, in the early 90s, you had bands like Mad Ball and And you know a whole new slew of bands that that, that came in and just really uh, uh kind of created this timeline and and like you said it, it's it 's for life you know you, you, don't, you know, yeah people come and go i mean that, that's uh, in, in some regard, but you know new york is really become synonymous with with new york hardcore and and for me um when I went to my first hardcore show there was uh 15 20 kids there in like in like an art space and when the band was done they took off their you know i remember the guitar player took off his guitar and approached me and they were just they just wanted to know who i was it was a new face that was why are you here why are you here and who are you right but but not in a non-threatening way right you know and and uh there were kids my age so I, i fell in with this with this crew early on and Listen, with hardcore, it's like, you know, whoever has the biggest mouth ends up being the singer. Right. You know, whoever has the most to say. Yeah. And then, you know, everything falls in behind that, you know? Yeah. And uh, I ended up, you know, having a little band up in Boston and being a part of that, then coming back to New York and a couple other bands. And um, what happened with me was, for me, job always meant something in the film business. Um working in a movie equipment rental house, doing deliveries, picking up equipment. I learned at a young age, I learned how to fix movie lights and stuff like that. And I, and I learned how to drive big trucks at a young age, like 15, 16, I could drive, you know, really big trucks and, uh, jockey them around the yard to, to load them up with film equipment and stuff like that. So job always meant something in the film business to me. And, when i was um at a certain point when i was i was in the high and the mighty playing all these cbgb's matinees with all kinds of bands from you know agnostic front to the crow mags to murphy's law to just you know and at the time i was a stage manager on a film stage on the west side and uh, my boss said hey anytime you rent any of the film equipment outside the building i'll split it with you so i did a few little gigs my brother would come to town i would load up my van and and I got a couple of bucks, and I I uh, created my film production company, Stone Films NYC. Um, you know, got a lawyer and 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 start. And then at a certain point, um, people started asking me because this was the golden age of music videos. Mm. You know, everybody. You know, and hey, Drew, you know about this kind. of, hey, we, you know. Because MTV
0: need- was the fucking internet. It was like that. That was the whole gatekeeper. Like if you could get on MTV, you, that everything. was the end. You won.
1: And
2: then, so I'm working in this film stage <laughs> yeah. where, like you know, um, salt and pepper, shoop shoop, and yeah. you know, Big Daddy Kane, and and you know, all these videos are coming through. At the same time, I have you know bands that are sort of you know uh, that that I know from playing, asking me, you know, can you do a video for us? And um, one of the bands that I played with uh, um, was the Chromax. Mm. and uh, Paris Mayhew, the guitar player. You were in the Chrome? No, at no, one no, point? N- no, no, no. Oh, I, I was with, in the High and the Mighty. Okay. And uh, They played, they played, we, shows, we with we the played shows with the We played shows with the Chrome mags um, As a matter of fact, we, interestingly enough, the High and the Mighty uh, played a show. Uh, we were just talking about this uh, a while back. The, we played the 1st Chrome show, and Jesse Mallon was on that bill too. It was the last heart attack? Heart, last ever heart attack show was the first Cro-Mag show, and the High and the Mighty was on the bill. We were just sort of bantering about that the other day. That's funny. Yeah. It was 1980, uh, I think, 84, 83, 84. And um, so what happened was, so Paris Mayhew was starting to be a cameraman and going to the news school, and he approached me and said, hey, this band asked me to do a music video for them. Do you want to produce it? And it was right, It was all synchronicity. It was like right at that moment, I had enough money to get the insurance policy that you need to do business, you know, to rent. You know, have to have a million dollar insurance policy uh, in New York City to uh, rent cameras, <clears throat> excuse me, and to get a permit from from the mayor's office. He approaches me right at that moment. I make the first payment. I get the insurance. Uh. The band was Biohazard. Mm. And we did we did the Biohazard Punishment video. Wow. Which blew up on um Headbanger's Ball. Which was huge. Remember, yeah. Right. We used
0: to fucking stay up in yeah. Ohio or just wait for headbangers punishment. I used to, to come tape on. it and watch it the
2: next yeah, day. No, it was like that was
0: like the show to watch every week. It was
1: great. It Ricky was, Rackman. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking awesome. Ricky
0: Rackman. And then one twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah.
1: minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But Ricky yeah. Rackman was um, a huge uh, um uh, proponent of, bio- of biohazard he loved biohazard and uh so it that video i don't know, the, one, the punishment video i don't know if you know the one i'm talking about we're, we're coming across the brooklyn bridge and is all that it's 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 it was really great and um it screened on headbangers ball 14 weeks in a row wow and so then what happened after power that, of video yeah man and then what happened after that was Biohazard was managed by Rush Management, which was one of Russell Simmons' company. Rush Management also had another group called Onyx.
0: Did you fuck with Run DMC at all, too? We're getting to that. Okay, good, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. We're getting to that. <laughs> yeah. So, so Biohazards, wow.
2: Biohazard's managed by Rush Management. Rush Management also has a group called Onyx. Onyx has a song called Slam. Mm. Somebody had enough sense to say, let's get the rock and roll white boys to do our video. Right. We do the Onyx Slam video. It goes to number one on MTV. Wow. And then the phone just goes up. And you're producing f- these? These I was producing. Right. These I was producing. And then um, phone starts ringing. Run DMC, great. Typo negative, sure. King's X, bet. You know, uh, I love King's th- X. Then we, yeah, we did the dogman video. Fuck. So, so we, that just started. And then eventually me and Paris split. And then I just continued on as a director and, you know, agnostic front got to go and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, What DMC one did you do? uh, Ooh, what you going to do? Never let a punk get away with murder. Gunshots, gunshots, all you heard. What's (laughs) up? What's up?
3: He sat right there two days ago.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah. Daryl did? Daryl did. Daryl's
0: cool. Daryl's so cool. I was just at B&H. Yeah, beards and, and ha- beards and hats. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I said beard, beards and hats. Beards and hats. <laughs> and um, I was wa- there, wa- yeah. waiting in line in the youth department, and fucking this dude was like, "I'm confused. Is this where you going?" And he was a cool, dude. He looked cool. He had like tattoos all over uh-huh. the place. Black dude, and he and he go and uh, he goes, "Yeah, I got a podcast." And I go, "Me too, man." And I go, "I just had a
2: DMC <laughs> on
0: mine," <laughs> and he goes. Me too, dude. Really? <laughs> he had we both showed pictures. We were both <laughs> how fucking what crazy was this is name? Bryce. <laughs> Shout out Bryce. What is his podcast? Like what his is podcast? let me see his podcast. You probably uh, from
3: our podcast uh, went to his <laughs>
2: shouting, <laughs> shouting out Bryce. Shout out Bryce. And he was probably whatever. a half hour from late because we <laughs> took from we t- <laughs> <and Has. laughs>
0: Shout out Bryce from Beards and Hats. I don't know. I'm not gonna look that up right now. That's funny. But so so you're like becoming a successful, then you're like a huge like that's pretty big baller type shit for that day and age right yeah. Yeah. Mean, money back then well yes and
2: yes and no yes and no and how I old mean,
0: are you at this point like young still no no this you are still young so you must have been young then <laughs>
2: All right. you look 37 I mean, dude, you don't, you,
0: yeah you don't look i mean whatever um, i i think i'm young and i'm almost 50 so so
2: um yeah i mean i was i it was it was a great run. Right. It, it was it was an exciting, vibrant time. Yeah. To be doing music videos. Yeah. No, it, that time. It was do the it. golden age. Yeah. And And even besides that, I worked on I worked on Eric B. and Rakim. Follow You know, follow the leader and um, the microphone fiend. Um, you know, uh, g- girls just want to have fun because when, what 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 I Cindy s- Lauper. Yeah. When, when oh, I s- yeah she
0: was in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, she Let's is. Great. She I she doesn't age. Listen. She's
2: ageless. I'll take yo, she looks like a million bucks in that film. She looks great. Thank you. Yeah. I lit that. Yeah, no she she does. <laughs> she look The pressure was on, yo. She the looks, pressure was on. Yeah, the, no, her they, People called me and no, you know, they you, take it seriously. And you know what I remember? Cuz I worked on a set with and you had
3: to pay for it too probably, right? The hair and makeup.
2: I don't remember. That's how it but, usually was. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but um I worked on a set with Madonna once. And I remembered how uptight they were about lighting her, mm. and I remember how they lit her, you know, uh, oh, you, that's you, cool. a certain way. You don't you don't shoot a woman like that from you know from, from under. A, you do not. And I and, have a funny Cindy Lauper yeah, story about that. So so I I remembered that, and I and I lit that appro- accordingly. And when she, when she sat down, and her people came and put their they looked, they looked, took one look and like, yeah, and she looks great in it. Yeah, she she, she does. She looks good. She looks really she good. She was cool.
0: Yeah. She
3: played Barry Electric with Hollis Brown for this underwater sunshine fest. Uh-huh. was that? Uh, two years ago. And I was in, in the front taking photos <clears throat> and I was below her. And she's singing the song and mid song. She looks at me. She's like, honey don't shoot me from under there oh, like see? literally so there you go and i was so embarrassed like she literally like there song honey not from down there right there you go <laughs> K- yeah, they don't like K- that
0: i don't mind that angle on
2: myself no, but it was i know like, that's a bad angle everyone says Dude, that cindy Lauper like, stops
3: the show to tell you honey not from yeah, down a, you, a, there. you better you better that's ramp up funny. your game son <laughs> yeah. she crushed it and this was two years ago yeah, crushed she, it yeah she
2: she's she's great but but you know, when I said back then, uh, you know, job always meant something in, in in the film business. I was a production assistant when I was a teenager, working on with your dad. No, no, freelance, just oh. trying to w- working on any, just trying to. You but know, did
0: he get you into the film business or something? No. Or? Well, no,
2: well, I mean, like I I I started out in a film equipment rental house, right? And I was you know PAs, you know, they needed PAs. That's so much like your yeah. dad, yeah.
0: in a way, like he started out running the film. Yeah. And then you started out in an equipment rental house. Well, it's like
2: Well, I started out at, you know, it's a, a similar 18, trajectory. 19 years old, yeah, doing deliveries in the van and and, just, yeah. and then people are doing shoots and they need PAs and you start PA-ing and then you're like, fuck this, you know, I need to, you know, need to, you know, and then and then I was a boom guy for a while and and uh and then this shit happened. Um this production company thing happened and and that got rolling and you know, that 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 went on for a couple years and then, you know, that led that led into uh, I had I did a whole had a whole career doing extreme sports films and then eventually I made my way to, to music documentaries, you know.
0: Oh, okay. So like when you do extreme sports films, are you using GoPros and shit like that?
2: I my Or was that before, ep- it was before. GoPro? Uh it was before. Yeah, I did all I did all the urban street bike warrior films, all the motorcycle stuff. Yeah, and there were no GoPros. I was on the back of fucking motorcycles, <laughs> right? With, with my feet on the no back gimbals, pegs, nothing, nothing, bro. <laughs> with my fucking feet on the pegs, with one hand on the shoulder and one hand in the eyepiece.
0: That's wild. I now, s- now they can do it with just a GoPro. <laughs> pussy on shit. The fucking- it's such <laughs> pussy shit now. Fuck that. <laughs>
2: But but you know I, but I saw I saw a lot of um, doing doing those uh, urban street back warrior films, like I saw a lot of people get hurt and it just right. it started to have an effect on me. I, I just I just couldn't I, I I got burnt out on it. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I saw people get smoked, man. I just couldn't. It, for I did nine films in seven years. Just yeah. like
0: documenting extreme sports.
2: Oh, I, I did! I did the Urban Street Bike Warrior series of films. Okay, you, you know what's like, an Urban
0: Street Bike Warrior? Well,
2: I'll tell you. Um, if you remember when uh, before this thing called YouTube, you know, you had to buy a DVD, you know, and and for these sort of extreme fo- sports uh, 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 motorcycle extreme films, you'd have to buy it in in a motorcycle shop, mm. you know. And um,
0: isn't that fucking so funny nowadays? You can just get
2: anything you want on your phone. I killed. I killed <laughs> it for many years. I, I did. I did really. I did really well in, in, until until that came in. But um, I don't know if you ever hear. Right. You ever hear "crusty demons of dirt"? No. No. Okay. So, um, Urban Street Bike Warriors series is uh, a, a film series I started that documented the, the street bike scene. Mm. Uh, people uh, uh, in the streets riding, uh, you, you know, jap. Japanese bikes, and doing stunts, kind of what started as a street thing, I documented the whole thing from the start of it as a street thing through the years to it almost being an international competition. So I took that ride, mm. and uh, I really, I was there, right, at that, I was there. And I also directed the MTV uh, True Life um, uh, series, I uh, the episode I Live to Ride, which was, uh basically about the street bike stuff so i traveled around the world doing that and did a bunch of films urban street bike warrior films for a couple years and but what happened was the dvd market collapsed in in the end the dvd market collapsed and then you know there's the wave goes in and the wave goes out right did you embrace youtube youtube killed me
0: yeah but but did you embrace it now i do now you do yeah how long as you do yeah i'm trying I mean, it's like a big... I love it. I want to, like, vlog. I want to do all kinds of shit. I have, like, ambitions only, in my I head see your about
2: stu- it. I see your stuff on YouTube.
0: Yeah, I'm going to try to, like, do more. I, I feel like I want to just amp it up. Oh, like, man. I like it. I'm inspired by it. I'm inspired by... Are, do you like it or do you hate it? Like, vlogging and all that kind I'm, of shit. I'm really... What do you think about it?
2: I'm super fortunate right now. Um, yeah. I, I have a show that I'm doing. Uh, Hardcore Chronicles. The New York Hardcore Chronicles Live. Right. And I started it literally... The day I woke up once this COVID thing started, I like, like the, like, it was like March 9th. I like woke up and I was like, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? I figured this thing out right away. Um, someone had me on their show and I saw the platform they were doing it on and it just seemed, I just put it together really fast and I launched it. The show was an immediate success. Uh, it's got sponsors it um and it has a uh, a worldwide audience like you said hardcore worldwide audience and on the platform that i do it on there's a chat room so it's live mm. so what they've done is they've created a community in this chat room now like my fucking show is like almost like you know the the, 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 side the sidebar, right? You know the, the all these people from around the world come on, which is freaking great.
0: That's the key, right there. Come on
2: to my show, and That's they're the, bullshitting. I see yeah. what they're talk doing. The they're talking about some bullshit, yeah. and I'm here interviewing <laughs> fucking uh, stigma, you know, stigma, or uh, Don airy from Deep so, Purple. Is you know? it like
0: a podcast? Is it like what similar is similar to
2: what we're doing here? Right, it's live, um two hours. But but uh, but um oh, but
0: you do it live. I do it live. See, but I, it, but it archi- dude, I but it I, archives after. Right, of course. Of course, but you get like there's a ridiculous more amount of viewers you get when you go live for some reason. And he's tapping into what it is. It's because right, yeah, uh, people like they they want a community and it and it enables <laughs> no, it's absolutely I, true. Listen, dude. I've seen his stuff. It's absolutely true. It, it, it enables it people to come together first. and have community and talk. And so what it does is it brings more people into your realm. I've been right. trying to convince Ehud we should do this live, but he's less not having it.
1: Well,
2: Well,
3: because I'm a stickler for quality. I know
2: you are. I'm not going to say that. I just worked with him, and uh, he. I just worked with him, and I got to say, man, he really. uh, That he really. Did an incredible job. No, he's amazing. Yeah, man, I, mean, I can't he's... front, man. I that love... that that thing that we did together, yeah. it, it, people love it. Yeah. You, did, you did a great job, and you you freaking switched on the fly. Yeah, you live. Did, you did a great yeah. job, Eight man. Cameras. But
0: we should go live. But so go ahead, explain how. So, Why did you decide to do that? How did you decide to go live?
2: I will t- tell you what what happened for me was that um, I went on someone else's show. Yeah, and he said, "Well, you you, 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 will, you will you subscribe to my YouTube page? I need subscribers." So I look on his YouTube page, and, and he's got like a couple hundred subscribers. Mm-hmm. And then I think to myself, well, fuck. My Stone Films NYC page has uh, like almost 10,000 subscribers. Right. And then...
0: I know. I have a, almost that much, we to that too. That uh, doesn't translate into views, though. It doesn't, but if you start going into it... Go ahead. Talk. Sorry. And
2: then the other thing, this platform that, that I do, the other thing is that it also streams live onto Facebook. Right. So he tells me, oh, yeah, it streams live onto Facebook. Um, so
0: so he had a couple hundred, and you're thinking, fuck, I have nearly 10,000.
1: Why not? On, on, uh, on YouTube, on
2: Facebook, on yeah. the New York Hardcore Chronicles page, which I've been having for years, which is tied into my film, there's 90,000.
0: Right. So you're like, why am I not taking advantage of this? Fuck
2: that, this. I'm starting the, a show tomorrow. Right. Yeah, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'll we just should say about him, but
0: he
3: knows like that a hundred people that could come on the show oh, that yeah. from the hardcore scene oh, yeah. and, and in COVID times. That was key because we oh, haven't yeah. stopped at all in COVID. And we right. had an episode right. for every, every week, every week.
2: Yeah, I saw yeah. Every, every week How for the last wait for the last
3: year and a half. But during these COVID times, because I refuse to do it remotely because of quality, it's a s it's been a struggle to find people who will come and sit Physic- down. In physically come down. It's hard. Yeah. It's I, hard.
2: I, yeah, I, I've
0: been like trying to be like, dude, let's do it remotely. Who cares? Like we can like let some of that go, like we can open it up and he just won't do it. So it's <laughs> no like, but there's an
3: inherent charm to
2: this. So, like, like, you can't get uh, you, no. I can't look in your eyes <laughs> on like a Zoom. I like, it. I, I like I like it too, but you know?
0: like so. But so you go live, you, how, you do it once a week or twice a week? Or?
2: Originally, in the, when the, when in the heat of the battle, I was doing it four times a week. Well, Whoa. you went in. Like I, I went in deep. Like, like, like but I that's
0: st- why you got the success probably. Yeah.
2: And now I backed off. It's twice a week. Now. That's cool. Tw- we started tw- twice a week. Yeah, that's still good. That's still a, a t- clip. T- it's, it's, and
0: you're doing it, the whole thing, editing? and <sighs> yeah, or you, man. Do you do it like with a road caster on fl- thing on no, the fly? or do it on or, a laptop. Bro. On a laptop and do like screen like do like camera angles or different just one camera
2: zoom chat (laughs) oh it's a zoom it's not zoom it's not zoom but it's something similar to
0: zoom okay so it's all phone it's all over it's all like yeah yeah but but also but also
2: i have the ability to um show photos uh-huh. and videos yeah. Yeah, yeah and so somebody says hey yeah let's open i open the show that's with cool some, someone's new video is your laptop and i do my homework man i want to learn that i do my, my homework too. bro yeah
0: how'd you learn that
2: I went on someone's show, and I saw it. And I was like, Uh-oh. what the fuck is this? But you le- but you,
0: you got the gear to like, oh, I know how to show a video no, when I'm doing it. There's
2: no gear. You fucking go on the f- the platform, and you fucking figure it out. You figure it you out. You watch my show. Yeah. I'll talk you through it. I'll explain to you how to okay. do it. Okay. It's easy, bro. It's easy. I mean, it's not easy. It's a but, little
0: stressful, but- But you learn it, and then you learn it, and then you know it.
2: I think part of the inherent charm of my show mm. is it's like, you know, it, it's like- uh, and this is what's great about hardcore. You can always fall back on this. Is like, hey, it's hardcore. It's right. DIY. Yeah. It's like, it's not. Yeah. It, it, but, that, but
0: that's what I love about YouTube and the internet yeah. in general is yeah. there is that, yeah. that lo-fi DIY thing. Telling the story is the most important thing.
2: Abs- absolutely. And, and the thing, the thing that, that I, I sort of stepped in this um, unbeknowing st- is that my show's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't realize it at the time, but that's prime time in Europe. Mm. So I start doing my show, and there's droves of European, uh, people from all over the world watching the show, just by chance, because I decided to do it at three. And so the for a while, the majority of the people are, 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 are
3: European. Are,
2: are European. Hmm. And, and for a minute there, I mean, it's calmed down a bit. For a minute there, my show was doing like... Live five six seven eight nine ten thousand people a show,
0: that's incredible.
3: That's a lot. But you had fantastic guests too. You yeah. got to <laughs> give yourself some credit. Well, on
0: that.
2: well all no, those that's awesome. all those years of all those years of managing bands, doing music videos, doing the New York Hardcore Chronicles film, playing in bands, connecting with people. Didn't you tour manage as well for I a tour second? managed man? I fucking tour managed Bi- Biohazard. Biohazard man. Like in the because. <laughs> they, they're the, the. How was that? What was that They were like? one of the major well, <laughs> bands that crossed over and became huge. Like a lot of girls, a lot of fights. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fights, great. yeah fights,
0: yeah. Girls and fights, yeah.
2: No, I'm mean, just for some reason Bio has it like like you wouldn't think like a lot of g- girls love like g- girls love that band so it was a lot of girls and uh, you know a lot of, but you know it was that sort of era
0: and a lot of angry boyfriends yeah. <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what it was though it was that era it was
2: in music where um which and, I, and i've said recently like i'm just glad we're past that we remember that era where guys were like wearing like sports jerseys and like you know it was like that tough guy thing like everybody's a tough guy mm. you know it's yeah. like you know now everybody's like you know Half two, a, now two. everybody's half a sissy you yeah. know but but you know that era was everybody's a tough guy and like every yeah. time you go out it's just like it's like oh fuck man yeah you know
0: what do you think about new york right now what do you, do you think it's gonna make it through this crazy shit or what do you think well i love new york and me it, too you
2: dude. know i'm new york is i'm a new yorker you know yeah. and uh <laughs> You know, and and I listen. I live in a rent-controlled apartment in New York. I ain't going anywhere. In in Manhattan. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Nice. Which
0: neighborhood? In the Upper West Side. Nice.
2: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> There's still rent-controlled nice. <laughs> apartments up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, listen, it's fucked up. But you know, this it's it, the wave goes in and the wave goes out, mm. and I I can't I, you know I can't wrap my head around that. You know, but but it seems like uh, it's gonna take a while. Yeah. Well, this isn't gonna like turn on a dime. It
0: just Pe- seems like they're just not gonna let it open back up. I mean, like they're like when De Blasio yesterday cancels Thanksgiving parades two months out. It's like, okay, dude. Like for one,
2: is that right? I didn't know he did that. He
0: did that, and it's like y- you don't need to do that. That's still two months away. But what you're doing is you're telling us all, don't get any hope that in <laughs> two months anything will change because we're planning on sh- keeping this shit shut the fuck down. And it's just like. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I feel like people are just going to ultimately have to rebel if they want anything close to normalcy back because I don't think the powers that be are ever going to allow it to return to anything feasible.
2: The dangerous thing, I think, that, that that's sort of what's happened here. Uh, it, it, there's a couple of real dangerous things, but even in my neighborhood in the Upper West Side, de Blasio dumped in 400 homeless people into into hotels now I'm not saying yo not my neighborhood but you know anything in moderation is okay right but 400 people flooded the neighborhood it's
0: cartoonishly it's a joke right. like the the all the steps right. they've taken let's empty out Rikers Island let's like p- close everything
2: down let's like it's like let's not <laughs> let anything happen <laughs> let's the like, perfect well, storm. I wonder
0: what's gonna happen here I mean
2: but what's happened in my neighborhood is people have said fuck this, I'm out of here. Right. And like people, a lot of people, people leaving my neighborhood in droves. Right. Now, I know um, my dad's down in Florida and um, my ex-wife uh, just bought a house down there and um, I was with her looking at houses because we're on good terms and everything. Nice. And the realtor was saying down there, I can't sell them fast enough. Everyone's coming down here from New York. Yeah, no it's, inventory. She couldn't buy a house. <clears throat> She could not buy a house until everything was in place, ready to go, and she could go look at a house the day it went on the market and went and it could go. I want it. I got it. Like down payment and lock it. You had to be like literally right there. Same things
3: going on in New Jersey. There's no
2: inventory.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's why I'm looking at RVs. I'm not even joking. I'm not joking. I'm looking at RVs because I just want like a bug out. (laughs) I I just want a bug out. Like I, because I. What I'm afraid of, because actually New York's been a vibe this last couple weeks. I've been, I enjoy the city. I love it. I got this going on. I got a art show on West 10th Street. I got, I like my apartment still. This, that, the other. <laughs> but once winter hits, I just when they shut it back down, if they do, like, what are you gonna do? Just sit in your apartment, like, or go outside in the freezing cold? Like, yeah, yeah, It's like I want to be able to be like, you know what? I'm gonna take my RV and go to Baja. You know, or something for a couple months.
2: Yeah, it should it should be interesting an interesting winter here. You know. Yeah. It's, you know, we just played this. We just played a benefit Sunday matinee. Sunday, we did a Sunday matinee in the Bowery uh-huh. to uh, to benefit um, save our stages, save our stages Bowery Electric. Right. And you know, usually it's a 50-50 split. We told we told Jesse and them we don't want any money. We, right. we want to contribute it all to Bowery Electric. <laughs> right. And because. Like and especially for us in the hardcore community, Niagara yeah. is, it, it is the birth A7. it is the birthplace of New York hardcore. Right. This this is uh, hallowed yeah. ground for us. Yeah. Like we can't lose that place.
0: Yeah. That's true.
2: i th- we'll go we'll throw bricks, man. We're not gonna but lose that place. I think
0: the I think Just, I just, uh, I personally feel like rebellion is going to be needed to save the stages. Uh, Otherwise, I don't think the powers that be are going to green light, get back to it. I think people are going to have to go rogue, but you know what I mean? And I I I think in mass numbers, people are going to have to go rogue to get any semblance of sanity in this situation
2: I, I i do and i agree with you to a certain extent and i also i have a a, a, a theory that you know what let it all fucking burn down because in the end when, when it when there's a rebirth mm-hmm. if there's a demand for it mm. new places will be created i
0: i believe that i'm not in despair about any of yeah. this shit i yeah. mean to me like as an artist as a whatever as a creator as somebody who's like I I thrive in times like these. That's I'm right. thriving now. I haven't right. stopped thriving. Right. I'm having fun. That's I'm right. sad for others. I'm sad for the state of the city. I'm not sad for myself. I'm not in despair for myself. But like I definitely yeah, so if 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 it wants to burn all the way down I'll be in an RV in Baja for a second, just like but you know, but playing but we're, a bongo drum. This is a form of drum.
3: rebellion too. We we kept pushing. Yeah, and we're doing things. Yeah, and, and we're doing live stream shows from the Bowery, and we're yeah, not yeah. giving up. No, that's true. And it is a form of rebellion. It we're not, is. We're not. Like scares me hurt, Hurting anyone, but we're not saying we're gonna give up and not do
2: anything. Just
0: think. Okay. Yeah. What
2: scares me is that everything's so polarized right now. Right. And like out in the street, even coming here right now. Yeah. There's a fucking. There's a scary vibe out there. There's man. a vibe.
0: There's a vibe. Always. Man. Yeah. There's a vibe. I don't. I, I haven't personally felt that. I have. I really. Oh, I, yeah. I haven't felt that.
2: I have. I yep. don't know. I just hope. I d- you know. But
0: I definitely feel a vibe in terms of like home like more on an economic oh, yeah, divide for sure. like the for the, sure. the the wildness of the energy of the sort of the homeless population sure. and the wildness yeah. black white whatever. Yep. It's all it's all getting a bit more aggro, but that yeah. just makes sense because there's less you know, I look at like the rats as a microcosm of it because it's like the rats start eating each other or they're freaking out because there's no food. <laughs> right. Well, humans we're not that different, you know, and and it's the same sort of thing. Like once once they take away all of our resources, we're going to start at- and, 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 attacking each other. And for
2: whatever the reasons are behind it, it's just fucked. Yeah. You know, it's just. You know it, things are polarized and, and I don't want to get into deep I don't want to get into politics yeah no but, you know me w- with the fucking it's president boring. and the this and the that and uh, God! It's it's just it's it's fucked.
0: Man. But what we could do is take this into the blues and the Jews because it goes. <laughs> it's a good segue because yeah. one thing that if the whole thing burns down, people do need the blues.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, because, every, <laughs> <know>. every, <laughs> and the Jews. And, and, <laughs> everybody's Jewish Haifa. <laughs> everybody's got
2: their own blues. Oh, you grew uh, up in Haifa.
3: No, I grew up in near Beersheba in the ah. south.
2: Because I was just in Haifa. You know who Laser Lloyd is? I think Lloyd he was is? saying
0: high five.
2: Uh, <laughs> I did say high five. Jewish high
3: five, not Haifa. Haifa. But that, I heard Haifa. You grew up in Haifa?
2: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, listen, my, my, I went over to, to the Middle East to shoot, and... Uh, you know this new film, and we shot a bunch of footage, and we came back, and then this this fucking COVID thing hit. Gave you time to edit. You know, we've been editing. <laughs> we've been no, really, we've been editing it. And you know what? We shot so much good stuff. You know, I don't think I'm gonna go back.
0: You What'd know? you shoot it on?
2: Um, I don't remember. I'm nerding out on cameras. Yeah, lately. I'm not. I'm not. On, I don't know. My you, brother. My brother kind of handled. You don't that. nerd out on. No, that. it was like a Sony VX Seven Seven Thousand. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't fucking know, bro. Yeah, probably a pound. I'm like an emotion guy. I'm. I'm, I'm like the. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm like the Bill Graham, you know, right. of the whole thing. I, I see. I'm not a technical guy. You're not guy. technical. Yeah. I'm well, not. yeah. in
3: your movies, you also write the scripts, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can
2: write. I write, and but I'm not. have never. I've never been a tech guy. I'm not like. You know, this camera has. You know, the, the Zeus lens. Like, I don't fucking know. That. I like,
0: like nerding out on shit like that. Yeah. Man. So, but did you um, what what gave you the concept to do like the Jews and the Blues and what what was the connection? I'll tell you. I, um, you make that?
2: I, I wanted to do something different. Um, I did a, I've done a couple of hardcore films. I just don't, I, I don't want to be known as like, you know, the hardcore guy. He just does the hardcore films. Right. I did XXS. all, I did XXX, all ages, XXX, the Boston hardcore film. Then I did the Alago film and the New York hardcore Chronicles film, which was such a success. Uh, the New York hardcore Chronicles 1.5 went straight to, went to Amazon then we re released a Muhammad Ali documentary that my dad did in the 70s. I exec- That's I ex- funny, look at Yeah, the that.
0: third
3: time Muhammad <laughs> Ali's come up, to
0: Right, and yeah, our friend sent so us a picture of Chappelle
2: with a Muhammad Ali t shirt on. I just wanted to do something. What so- did your dad do? Uh, I, well, uh, um, let me finish the Jews and the Blues thing. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to do something a little different, you know? Right. And um, this, do you know who Yorma Kalkinen is? Yeah, is
3: from Hatuna. Uh,
2: yeah. Yorma Kalkin, you ever okay. hear Yeah. I think so. So Yorma Kalkin was a guitar player. He was in Jefferson Airplane. Okay. Um, he was in Hot Tuna. I love Hot Tuna. He plays a um, ragtime uh, ragtime uh, blues guitar, a very unique, uh, uh, like Reverend Gary, da- Blind Reverend Gary Davis. Always loved his music and, and, and always loved his stuff. And then I found out, and, and Yorma was like a guy from the 60s and, you know, pretty interesting story and then i, I was like someone tells me like yo yorma is fucking like converted to judaism and he's like married converted to judaism observing the sabbath i'm like what i'm like you kidding me um and then i just got this thing in my head i got to make a documentary about this guy and call it the last of the Gr- last of the great jewish Blues Men, you know and it started with that and i and we we had a sort of a concept for that and I talked to Yorma, and then I, I got involved with this band from Israel called Eternal Struggle, a hardcore band. Fucking manager was hocking me to listen to their shit on Facebook. I listened <laughs> listen to their shit, and I'm like, he tells me that my friend Mitz from Madball is producing. And I said, well, you know what? What you really should do is you should fly me over there, and I'll, docu- I'll do a little EPK of you guys in, in the studio in, in, in Tel Aviv. He says, they work it out. They fly me over there. I'm with my friend Mitz in the studio.
0: When I, you do that, sorry, but when you do that, do you bring a camera guy yeah, with you? No, no. I you have, do the camera. Yeah. So you have some technical oh, geeky for sure. going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. Okay. The whole
2: Iwago uh, film Yeah. shot with my, with my camera. What would you shoot it with? Whatever it is, the Sony Scooby Dooby Abba Dabba. Whatever <laughs> okay. the fuck it is. You know? <laughs> the Sony you the had Sony. the other day outside of Bowery. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That that's same uh, one. This one? No,
3: no,
1: no. No, no, no. no that no. looks
3: nice. I just
0: got that at B&H. That's the a6400 Looks gangster. It is gangster. Um. Anyway, so- I'll just say I
1: started
3: the Jorma. Jorma is a huge uh, gear camera geek, by the
1: way. That's really? funny. Yeah. Something about huge. camera gear. Anyway, he,
3: I did a session with him at City Winery. <laughs> oh, yeah. And right. then he came over to me because he saw I was the cameraman yeah. and just blew my mind. Really? He started talking about drones mm. and the Mavic and the yeah. Mavic 2. Before I even knew about those things. He was talking to me about doing video and
2: flying it over the woods. You see and- those drones at b and I
0: got a drone. Really? Yeah, but I haven't figured it out yet. Be I got it at the get- be- I got it at the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> <team. laughs> <laughs> I got a map. I got, a, I got one, but I never, oh, I haven't used <laughs> you it. You get in Can trouble with no, that. I, I know, yeah. Okay. Wait, hold back on. Back to Can, Israel. Yeah, yeah, back to Israel. So, so, <laughs> so you come
2: for the EPK. So, so eternal struggle. Yo, fly me over there. I fly okay. over there. I connect with these guys. I'm in the studio with them. Two Madsons mixing it. Um, you know, does all the heavy shit. We go to J- Jerusalem. Their manager turns out to be a great guy. He starts connecting me with people, and I come back, and the move, the film starts kind of changing direction. I say, you know what? Let's go to. We should go to Israel and shoot because I, I met a couple people there, and there's like these guys, these blues guys in Israel. Right. So and it like, opened it up. So I go to Israel with my brother. That's awesome. And and we go big. And, um, we, we, we got, the film had some funding, we got some funding and we went over there and really worked hard and shot like, I think eight days and like really did it up, shot a lot of stuff, went to Masada and shot and, and, you know, laser, we shot laser Lloyd, we shot Gal Nisman, we shot, um, you know, uh, your boy Ravid, Yemen blues and, um, came back and started cutting it and then we just, we just now now it's like all we need it's, it's 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 really great now we need a we need a little New York stuff we need a little this a little of that
0: did you get but, david broza i mean he's not so bluesy i guess but <laughs> but man, he's
3: an icon he's
2: an his icon. name comes up a lot yeah, he was yeah, on the podcast he's a he's a he's a great yeah. guy his name comes up a lot but it's it's really it's really uh he's not really a, a blues guy. No, he's know? yeah, a, But an, he's a acoustic ab,
3: guitar. He's an
2: abs, uh, more uh, like a fl- Spanish sort of Yeah. He's definitely virtuoso. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but you
3: know he's a he's a good talker and he would probably have good stories. And about he's a the heap. Blues. And he's a heap. Yeah. So we yeah. love him. He's got the Jew <laughs> thing on. <Yeah>. Right. But we <laughs> love him. You should expand because yeah, like a, <laughs> well, no. a-, a-,
0: a- wrote me like go check out Drew's uh, no, fucking no. newest concept. I really like it. And then he goes and not just because I'm Jewish. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: no, because listen, I saw your little promo and it was fucking fantastic thank you. I'll, I'll give you that and it drew me in thank you because it about, is good I about agree. two or three years ago i was involved with another project called jews and rock and roll oh. that somebody was trying to put together and we did a few interviews
2: that's that's, I've, that's bubbled up a couple times right
3: so it's like if you just expand it a little you, well, could, yeah. you could you could
0: bring in because blues Ge- is very limited jews and blues is good title yeah
2: Better than Jews well, well, and rock and roll. I'm good with titles. I'm a title yeah, guy. Titles yeah, titles are important. Who the fuck is that guy? The Fabulous Journey of Michael. Otto. Yeah, that's
0: a good title. You know, I, yeah. I'm big
2: on. Ti- I'm, I'm I'm big on. Titles tell things. a lot. I'm big on titles, man. And I learned that from doing the the street bike films. It's like, who cares what the film's about? What matters was the box. Was mad. What matters is what the box looks like. Right. right. You know. The yeah. That, that whole bit. You know. So, you know. So. The Jews and the Blues is moving along It's something really different I want want to do fucking something different It looks great Yeah It's getting I was sold
3: just from that two and a half minute promo But things are
2: weird Things are weird right now Because like As a filmmaker It's like Do we want to finish this film really fast And get it out there And what No film festivals No in-person shit or do we want to like you know like write to amazon
0: dude but again <laughs> i'm going back to like when when are people going to like i don't know i would i would finish it and just do it yeah but you know, one thing about Jews and blues I, I never really thought about but one thing i have thought about is Jews and lyric writing because i don't know some of the best ones of all time tend to be jewish i find bob dylan <laughs> lou reed Right. Leonard Cohen. Well, th- th- I mean, like I mean, it, it's, parents it's like, are Hasidic Jews in Jerusalem. Like yeah, that those yeah. are the three. Those are three top tier. Well, right. this film originally. You know what I mean?
2: Originally, th- these are names that came up I- in this film. It was yeah. like it, we were, you know, Mark you know, Boland was Jewish too. M- m- uh, really? Les- yeah. Leslie West. I didn't know that. You, you know, here's a. You know, you know, you know, it's a great, great, dizzying, uh, great uh, Jewish band. Louis Armstrong, the Jay Giles band.
0: Really, all of them. Peter Wolf.
2: Peter Wolf Jew.
0: What a cool uh, dude. Seth <laughs> Justman Jew. Jew. I didn't know uh, that.
2: Yeah, um, um, all of them. That's interesting. All of them. Jesse Mallon, Jew. Jesse Malin. <laughs> Jew. Jesse Mallon, <laughs> He's David on the Roth, list. Jew. David Lee Roth. Jew. David Lee Roth again. Jew. <laughs> 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 I
1: mean, you know. Yeah. But but we
2: but we were going to sort of kind of uh, uh, David Bromberg, Joe. Yeah. I mean, we, that we were going to kind of name like that. It's kind of yeah, right. obvious. <laughs> Bromberg <laughs> versus Robert, Robert Zimmerman. Joe. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Bob Dylan. There you go.
2: So, you know, yeah. we were going to go in that direction for a while too. We were talk we were talking about, you know, kind of going there, but once we went to Israel, it, it sort of took a different, you know, you can only do so much, man. You know, it's like you, you, you want you Less is more sometimes. But you go
3: back to the Bible, like, wasn't David playing guitar in the Bible? King or something? David? Yeah. Oh, Who yeah. was
2: the guitar player? King David had played the harp. The harp. Okay, so I remember something. Oh, yeah, that like guy that. in
0: your film said that's yeah. the original blues man or yeah, whatever. Right.
2: Laser yeah. Lloyd. Laser Lloyd's an interesting dude. He's in my film. He was, like, signed to um, Atlantic. They were going to, uh, the guy from Springsteen Band was going to um, produce him. Um, he was all ready to go, and he, he somehow, like, Bumped into some homeless guy who connected him with Shlomo Kalibach, who's like the hippie rabbi, and he walked away from all that and went to Israel and has sort of reinvented himself as he's a he's a great he, he sounds like Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know he's a fucking great guitar player, and and he's sort of, sort of doing that so so that's that's what I'm doing now and I got a few other things cooking you know, I got the show and um you know I want to do a, I got a dramatic script that's kicking around a little bit and I want I got a fiction. Do, uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all fiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, based, based, yeah, it's actually based on a true story, but you know, everything yeah, is in, in in some regard. But as an artist, I just, I just got to do different shit, man. I just, yeah. I, I have, I have a short attention span. I got to do different stuff and keep keep moving, you know. Yeah. Gotta- are you gonna have start having guests
0: on your show come like in person, or are you gonna keep it no. You're going to keep it yeah. in that same no,
3: form. He's going to send them to us. I have so a good formula. Yeah. I,
2: I, I have a great formula. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it, it works. It's It's working. I mean, it, it's a little, It's sometimes I'm a little frustrated with it because um, you're sort of at the mercy of other people's ineptitude Right. as far as like, you know, like, you know. Some, I can't
0: figure out this mic. microphone. I can't, yeah. fig- I can't figure <laughs> out. I how can't to deal f- with that. I can't, I can't deal follow- with that.
2: I can't figure out how to follow a link. Right.
0: Right. Well, you know, yeah,
2: fuck, man. Come yeah, on.
0: Yeah. Wait. How do I assign? You're dealing with dinosaurs <laughs> sometimes.
2: No, no, I do. No, but sometimes, <laughs> but then, but then, listen. I've had, I've had some, i had some upper deck home runs like Tommy Victor, who plays with Danzig. You know, Tommy Victor from Prong.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, like in a studio. Uh, Steve Zing from 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 you know one of Glenn's boys. Like you know, uh, and uh, Michael Graves. These guys. Uh, adjusted to this, and and listen, I'm not the first show they're coming on. Yeah,
3: yeah. You know,
2: so there's plenty of guys mm. that really realize this is what I need to I need to have for me as an artist, as an ability, uh, I, I need to have to I, I need to be able to do these things and look good doing them, and not not you know shut myself off to it. So more Man. and more people are 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 have the facilities to to do it. Part well, we're
0: part. like in the beginning. Like I was talking to Ehud. I don't know about maybe right before this whole thing, but like just like you know if you can stick to this form mm-hmm. and and build it out it takes like i think a couple two or three years though of sticking to it but you can create something very valuable like i mean like the joe rogan thing yeah like, well, you know, wow i mean yeah, yeah. that's I the mean, gold standard that's the gold standard yeah, yeah, yeah. but like still he's like at the beginning of like i feel like there's they're still the beginning of this whole realm that we're in
2: i i i, I kind of feel also that this this sort of uh, interactive format is what's happening I, I feel like podcasts are sort of like uh i mean just just audio podcasts i know there's an audience for them mm-hmm. but i feel like since the pandemic mm-hmm. this sort of interactive thing like like the show i do and and all, is sort of what's the new the new frontier you know yeah for sure. So, you know, in, in, in that regard, yeah. Where do
0: people see the show uh, on your YouTube M- channel? My show
2: streams, uh, the New York Hardcore Chronicles Live, yeah. streams live on uh, my YouTube channel, uh, Stone Films NYC, and on Facebook on the New York Hardcore Chronicles page. So if you're interested, please go check it out. Uh, it's on YouTube, uh, Stone Films NYC. And they're all archived right there. You know, another thing that I did that... Um, was a big win was i started a patreon page oh really simultaneously i all happened simultaneously started the show started the patreon page you know all and i have i have patrons that you know, that that love the show and and understand
3: the loyal hardcore fans man but they understand
2: the community they understand that this is i work hard at this this is what i do it's like some people are plumbers, some people are electricians. This is what I do, and I need your help in order for me to dedicate the hours that it takes in order for me to prep a show and make it great. Tell mm-hmm. me about You it. love the, the show. hours it takes. Yeah, it does. And so, <laughs> thank and you so to our the, patrons, so the by pa- the way. The
0: Patreon's been successful.
2: Absolutely. Really. Absolutely.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. And how do you go about like getting like how did you go about building that?
2: Um, I, I put the Patreon page together. Mm -hmm. I had some help, um, from someone and, um, I knew a little bit about it before I knew what it was. And so there's, there's a, there's another, there's another guy, um, guy in Philly, a hardcore kid who shoots shows. And he Joe was, Burns. No, uh, <laughs> I don't know that anyway, yeah. Uh, shout out Joe, shout Burns. out Joe Burns. We love fr- you. a friend of ours who He's films. been bootlegging shows in, in since
3: the late '80s. Yeah. Every, How
2: long have you two guys known each other? Uh, it's Fifteen years. No. Oh, a little longer. Yeah, okay.
1: uh, 15, 16 Long time.
2: So, um, yeah, the 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 start the Patreon. I I got so some, you had
0: a friend who helped you. She or she or, helped me yeah. g-
2: get that thing going. And then um, I just I just pushed it like right like like a couple shows into it, and uh, if you love the fucking show, don't be a lurker, fucking get. You know I I'm I'm aggressive. My my I have a high energy show. It's and an, it's and an you aggra- say
0: that like please support like constantly. Constantly, well, we, we have constantly. it in front
3: of every episode. Yeah.
0: Too. I don't know what it is about me. There's part of me that's like cut off to a certain side that I'm. Wor- it's like you don't want to know. <laughs> I just don't want to we, know. I want to just be like a creative like person. And we've just, never like, live had in, a sponsor. Live in dreamland of creativity. And you guys, I, I, no, and, but we've never had can, a sponsor. We've been doing it ourselves. Your house of ourselves. cards
3: is
2: gonna cave in, boy. We've been doing it ourselves <laughs> since day so? one. No. <laughs> and, and we're doing
0: it because we love to do yeah, it. You yeah, know, it's not. But we, yeah, we haven't got a sponsor yet.
3: No. But
0: we're we well, doing. Well, I think we're doing okay with this. I don't know. But well, we you're want- really
2: fortunate. I mean, you have. I don't know what the deal is with this space. Yeah. But it, but but
3: shout out Cafe Bohemia. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, part of it is. The fact that you have this space. we keep
3: changing we keep getting different, oh, oh, spaces. different spaces yeah okay. we've had
0: but a, this has been pretty regular yeah now. yeah yeah this yeah. is a good there, one
3: mike who owns the place just lets me come in whenever yeah. whenever i know I but this to. shit
2: is so labor intensive man. yeah you gotta yeah come and set well, up the cameras yeah. and say, it's, it's and, like, and, and then i have to edit it all and good.
3: i edit the audio
2: and i mm-hmm. edit the video You're there's just a glutton for punishment every episode My fucking show, every episode
3: is at least six hours of work
0: I'm inspired by you though. I'm going to like do I might do a different podcast like this the one you're doing.
2: Come on my show. I'm, yeah, your I'm, vlog, I'm, I'm, I'm not dude. It I will. easy. Yeah, the vlog. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what all this stuff is for is me starting my own vlog. So I can a set vlog, up, a vlog, a so vlog is a video. So I can set up vi- my own Patreon and figure out and make some money since Didn't a- we Houd set one up for you? I will not give tell me. me any. What's going on? I set one up for myself. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, I literally I you set it up, up and I never went back <laughs> oh, to it. This guy. So But I'm man. going I'm going I'm going to focus now. I'm ready.
3: So where
1: in Ohio are you from? <laughs> Akron. Akron, yeah. that's where Devo's from, right? Yeah, and Chrissy.
0: Yeah, Hine. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna interview this motherfucker. Yeah, and Chrissy so, Hyde and yeah. the Black Keys. Right, right. That's, yeah.
2: Okay. Was there um, a hardcore scene in Ohio?
3: No, fuck
0: well, hardcore. Yeah, fuck, fuck hardcore. Kent State had hardcore stuff.
2: Right. Was uh Was there music in your household growing up? Did Not, you grow up in a musical household? No. How did music Not come really. into your How did music come into your life?
0: I mean. Kiss, I guess. Ah, here yeah. we go again. Yeah, it was kissed, yeah. Really. Unbelievable. Kiss. Really, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I was into Gene Simmons, and that's how I started playing bass, and then it took off from there. You started playing bass. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. And isn't keyboards. It? Yeah, Akron, Akron, Ohio. You, you
2: know, we're trying to get uh, one of the Devo guys on my show because we have this like inside joke. It, it, it keeps coming up on the show that early on in Boston, like in '81, when when I first shaved my head and and when our, we had a very there was a, you know, nobody shaved their head back then but yeah. you know um marines and psychopaths right. <laughs> so these fucking boston guys these like fucking uh, you know these yahoos they didn't have a reference point for it mm-hmm. so we'd be walking down the street and you know, a car would come by and someone would go, hey, fucking Devo, and we'd be like, Devo, <laughs> Devo, <laughs> that's so funny. We'd be like, Devo.
0: But would people also call you a racist or anything like that? Like, would you get any of that? There out? was a
2: lot of there was a lot of um, fights. There was yeah. people would just think like, yo, you shave your head, you're looking for trouble, right? So and, and like it, skinheads, yeah, right. was, yeah. And yeah. The, but the Boston mentality, would so you know, Boston was a very aggressive kind of you know put your dukes up kind of place so we were constantly running into like you know oh a bunch of fucking frat guys yeah you know like fucking guys stumbling from the frat house you know everyone's always looking for fucking it's a college town you and know would you fight oh yeah always constantly yeah. did you
0: learn how to fight did you know any it
2: depends you know f- it's fight or flee you know yeah. it's like if there was you know if there was if you couldn't win it you'd run you fucking fuck run bro yeah yeah you know (laughs) you run man you know if you could win it you fucking win it you know but um you know so but but also i I think that part of it is um you don't want a long-running battle either Mm -hmm. it's like you don't want to get into yeah we're at war with the jocks from fucking bu you know what i mean like Mm. you sort of don't want that on your head either you know what i mean so you know and and people didn't necessarily fuck with us you know we were they, they just didn't know what to make of us mm. so the whole day so hey brilliant. fucking devo so we laugh about that on my show a lot and then somebody said hey I, you know i know the guy who manages devo i'm like well let's let's get this let's get this guy on the show that'd be good yeah th- 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 that'd be that'd be funny hey, so did t-
0: like jesse mallon pr- executive produced uh the The Who the fuck is that guy Didn't he Oh yeah he was involved He did Yeah Yeah, I I, I noticed I saw his name come up How long uh, have you known him Since forever
2: Well Heart attack (laughs) Well yeah I I didn't really um, Back then We played shows together We were sort of part of the same scene But I wasn't really pals with, uh, With Jesse I mean I wasn't not pals with right. him, you, you know what I'm saying? But, like, we just didn't really make acquaintance. But looking back now, we were on this build together, that bill together. And I think really when, when I started to get to know him is when a, a friend of mine, uh, Todd, Todd Youth. Yeah. Pastor, yeah, I was, I was friends. He with, comes up a lot. I was friends with Todd, and uh, Todd played with, was in Degeneration at mm. a certain point. And then, you know, Jesse, and Jesse had Coney Island High, and then, you know... More and more, and I've really become somewhat uh, closer with Jesse in, in probably the past, you know, couple of years. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and 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 in 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 doing stuff like, uh, you know, being asked to do the clash thing, mm-hmm. and then you know, I'm doing shows at the A7 and and the Alago thing. Man, listen, uh, you know, I'm in um um in gratitude to Jesse when the Alago thing stalled out. Which films do when it stalled out? You know, Jesse stepped up and 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 cut us a little check, and um and I know he'd be pissed at me for fucking mentioning wow. that, but but he he really uh, he stepped up and and he said this is an important story that needs to be told. Wow. Those were his words, man. He's like a yeah, he's he's, a, a, he's our patron saint. He, he really
0: is, man. He yeah. really, I you know, yeah, it's yeah. weird. I don't you know, don't you don't want to like blow smoke up somebody, but like. Shout out Jesse, but like, <laughs> no, he does. He he yeah. takes care of the scene. I, that's I yeah. like, I have a song on my last album called "Mayor of the Lower East Side," was nice. inspired by him. Cool. Just like you know, watching him operate around the lower or you know the East Village yeah. and the clubs and everything, and yeah, I my heart goes out to him right now too, just because of uh, yeah, because all cause... the work he put into all that stuff, and then what's going on here, and when and when I say I feel like it's going to take a rebellion in some ways, I'm kind of like. Trying to say that message to him. Well, I, he, you know. he, he
2: hasn't. It, it's, it's, I guess, I guess there's a common thread here, and it goes, it almost goes back to the Cosimo vinyl clash story. Mm. These people should be in our show. Right. He didn't fucking, because Cosimo didn't forget really w- what the life's blood of this thing is. Right. And it's and the same thing with Jesse. Jesse grew up as a hardcore kid. He played Max's, he played CBGB's, yeah. and he never forgot, you know. Uh, what it was like to be an underage kid and how, mu- how, music, how much music meant to him. Yeah. And that's why he is uh, the patron saint of our A7 shows. Yeah. And, and when, 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 people, when, when when things sort of got a little unbalanced because there was a lot of younger kids showing up,
1: yeah.
2: Jesse said, that's okay. That's okay. Because he remembered what it was like for, to be a young kid and to be able to have the outlet of music. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome.
0: That, that is awesome. Yeah, man. And were and um you're like were you connected with the Chrome mags too the yeah, whole time? Like John Joseph and <coughs> And did you were you in Harley? They, those guys both have been on this podcast.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I probably uh, the only podcast that had both of them. I
1: know.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, i, 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 I steer <laughs> I
2: steer clear of the Cro-Mag stuff. Yeah, yeah. like I, I I steer clear of it. I tried to too. Yeah. Like they're
3: yeah. both fascinating people. With stories.
2: John to tell Joseph came
0: absolutely came on, yeah. and then I and then and then Ehud booked Harley, and I was like, wait, isn't that aren't we? Uh, listen, and then uh, to and me, then, and you <laughs> would
3: know, then what I. What what I what I loved about your movie that that sent me back to Harley is those pictures of Alago as a young kid in Max's. Yeah. I saw okay, that's the like every single photo in your Hardcore Chronicles, Harley's in there as a kid somewhere sitting in with everything and that to me was a lago they were like the same I saw very similarities yeah. there's, there's,
2: there's, no, there's no ground down.
3: zero they're patient zero both of those guys there's
2: no um I have nothing but respect for Harley and his history and yeah. history in New York hardcore and what he's done musically he's an incredibly talented gifted musician Yeah. Um I respect John's hustle Yeah. you know John's got an incredible hustle and I respect I respect that. them both too I just don't want to be in the middle no, of no me either cro drama and I- I don't and either, that.
0: and that like, and I didn't and mean, to, and from, I didn't mean to put you in that at yeah. <laughs> all. I guess, but I am. It, it is a curiosity, and I and I kind of got swept into it a little bit yeah. because he booked Harley, which I'm glad because <laughs> I, I was glad to Listen, meet Harley. Harley's super yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: how can and you tell a story without then, having him on? Yeah. How he yeah, was yeah. in my film? You can't. Yeah. He was in my film. You
2: can't. Yeah, yeah. he had it's to like, be in my film. He was. John's in my film. You know, but. You know, with what I'm with what I'm doing,
3: I didn't see Jimmy G in there. Jimmy G's in there. He's in, in, in the there. Yeah, at the so end. With what,
0: oh, yeah. what, what you're doing. What were you gonna say? With
2: with, with what I'm doing with my show, yeah. I really, really, um, hell bent on no politics. Right. And I just don't want it to get into like that fucking drama because what happens with the hardcore thing is you got a lot of people, like, especially in Europe, that are just fascinated with the drama. And like yeah. I'm here in New York and I'm living it. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't really I'm not I'm not falling into that like I'm I'm not this yeah. isn't this isn't uh, Jerry Springer, you know, yeah, I'm right. not in a fucking Jerry Springer show.
0: I feel you on that. The only thing that the politics thing is, I, I agree with you, it's like dull at this point, but at the same time, if you do like that, they like, kind of backed us into a corner where if you want to say like, hey, I, I really feel like we should open back up, and I feel like at this point the you know the the mask thing seems a bit like overblown, blah blah blah. suddenly that is a political thing to say, and so I b- think those things, and to me they don 't <laughs> seem like political statements, <laughs> and so do I like but they are listen and in- then so it's like, do I just shut the fuck up? You know I played a show in Jersey on Saturday. At Drew's, and, house. at Drew's house, different Drew. And afterwards, oh, I know this place. That's yeah. the, the
2: guy who does like the private parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jesse's done it. Too. Shout out, Jesse's Drew
0: done
3: it a million
1: times.
2: Yeah, yeah. Jesse's doing it like next I've heard, week. I've heard about this guy. What's great the, guy? Yeah, what's the story?
0: Great guy. Um, does, does and house and He does house concerts, and he did one, and it was an outdoor concert. So it's like live music returning. I'm doing another one in another area in Jersey. This coming up Saturday. And you,
2: play, you play solo acoustic. Solo
0: acoustic, I do. And actually, he said, "Oh, too bad you don't, you don't bring a band because you could play in my backyard." I'm like, "Dude, what are you talking about? You could play a festival with an acoustic guitar." And he goes, "I guess you can." So he let me come. But then, <laughs> yeah, long right? story short, so because I, I like make Instagram videos where I like say some of these things about like, "Hey, shouldn't we open back up? What the fuck?" Blah blah blah. And then uh, and then he goes, "Yeah, man, I, a couple people wouldn't come to your show because of, like they said that they." thought things you were expressing on instagram aren't really that listen cool. on your show just, and i was
2: like <laughs> on your fucking show i pretty much just said yeah i'm afraid there's gonna be a race war basically <laughs> That's okay i would never say that if, on my if show. you watch you would
0: you wouldn't if no. you watch
3: the episode with jimmy g said a lot worse well, jimmy, <laughs> jimmy g's jimmy g well uh, but yeah we don't censor yeah, yeah
0: i yeah. mean yeah i guess okay you. i don't regret yeah. I, don't,
2: I don't regret saying it, but it's just you know i I just decide you don't want to
0: say anything that's even on those lines. I want to keep
2: it music, right? It, it, yeah, what, yeah. what started with well, my show? Well, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What my show was created as a response to the to to the news and the COVID and the bullshit. Mm-hmm. An outlet. Turn that off. Let's talk about music. So mm-hmm. my my show was created and found a fan base, a good fan base, because we don't deal with that nice. shit. Nice. Yeah. So so that's cool. Yeah.
0: I'm kind of getting more and more on that. Like I, I don't know. Part of me, want, you know, it depends. Like <laughs> you can jazz yourself up on YouTube, <laughs> YouTube clips, and you can get all amped up and go, "I want to say my piece now." Yeah, too. yeah right. Like You know, what i,
2: I mean? I've thought like, about it. like, I'm, you know, what? I'm gonna do a show called, I'm gonna do an episode called the 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 political episode. Yeah. And just be like, it's fucked up. There's gonna be a race war. Fuck all the homeless in my yeah. neighborhood. You know, it's just what.
0: Yeah. That'll be the clip Ehud uses to prove <laughs> <laughs> just that know, little <laughs> bit to promote you. <laughs> Listen,
2: and, I, and, and I, don't, I don't mean that. I, I don't mean fuck all the homeless in my neighborhood, but my neighborhood is just out of control now. Yeah. Man. So
3: it was Tribeca. I lived in Tribeca, yeah. and it, there, it it got a little aggressive for a moment, yeah. and, and you know.
2: Yeah. No, cause,
3: I, I believe that because just like everyone else, nobody was nobody was around to give them money or food, and
2: it's just there's like, a, there's a you got to figure there's an ebb and a flow to this stuff. Mm. And once we get this fucking mayor out, who I, I just can't fucking stand. Does this
0: anyone guy. like him? No one likes him. Oh,
2: while somebody does, he got fucking reelected a second time uh, because, because never again. Because nobody else is there. Fucking a term wanted. on mayors, or does mayors can go as long? Oh, there as they was want. a term on mayors, and, and Bloomberg changed it so he could run a third time, and then he changed it back to two. Thank God. Can you believe that? <laughs> I changed the term limit so he could run, and then yeah. changed it back before he was out of office.
0: That's weird. I didn't now, know. you know
2: that. what? Just you know what. What New York is gonna need if you ask me what New York needs, I hate to say this.
3: Another it, Giuliani. Thank you. His <laughs> son is talking I about said running. It yeah. absolutely does. Just as long yeah.
2: as it's not actual Giuliani. His son is talking about running right. for mayor. I don't yeah. Giuliani's son. I'm yeah. so out no, of and, and I don't New mean that like and, and I'm not I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. No, but I you just,
0: but but when but it's like obvious that this isn't working. Let's put mess. it that way. It's obvious that it's this mess. mode is not working. Certain cities. But
3: it are, wasn't working with him before are, this with de Blasio. All
1: right. That's Vero. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we right. worked back all into right. this black hole uh, of yeah. right.
3: I have a different wait. question. Yeah, let's go yeah, somewhere about about before we wrap up. <laughs> right. Um yeah. when you were doing films and you were starting with the music video, why were you never filming the hardcore shows? Like there's not this whenever you look for hardcore it's so hard to find good footage. Uh, of shows. Why were we well, not listen, filming I, in, in, in in CBGBs
2: back then? Listen, I'm a guy that has a lot of regrets. Yeah. I like having regrets. Right, right. I feel like they're healthy. Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's, I, it's realistic. I like
0: it. I got some fucking regrets I, too, dude. I, I I, I, sure. I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I definitely, I'm not I one of these should, no regrets here. You know, you know like, <laughs> I, fuck <right>. off, dude. <laughs> really? No regrets. Okay, I, you know, go fuck I, yourself. I embrace my regrets. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, yeah. Know, Is like, that one of them? Well,
2: I did. I, I looking, <laughs> certainly looking back now. I, I wish I documented more. Yeah. I documented a lot. I right. did shoot some stuff. But now it's interesting in the time we live in. Any anybody you documented any of that stuff? It's gold. Now. Yeah, it is gold. Yeah, you know what I mean? I it is. It's like well, it's,
0: it's part of what I want to do now. Is just like yeah, I, I, I'm so drawn into that whole yeah. realm of filming and vlogging and all even, that. I think even
2: it's- even my my uncle, who was an editor. He was a film editor. He worked on The Hustler with Paul Newman and, and, and a couple other things. And, and Really? Had a, had a, yeah, my Uncle Richie. That's Rich, a great one. Yeah, my Uncle Richie. Um, he, when we were growing up, he always had like a, a, a Super 8 camera, and he shot tons and tons of stuff. That's no sound, right? That's no sound. And recently, he a couple years ago, he transferred it all to disc and gave me a bunch of discs. Now I'm looking at the shit and it's like wow. I'm like transferring it because it's like I could I could probably use it as stock footage. Yeah, it's all of us in amusement parks and and this stuff just looks so great. it's right. it, it's, it's like it's history. You can't duplicate you can't it. it. You can't. It's history. It's like, and I don't. I don't mean it's just. I don't. I know. I don't mean on a personal level. It's my history. It's everybody's history. It's, it's everybody's history. It's yeah. Americana. Mm-hmm. It's Americana. So of course, yes, I regret. But but back then. It was hard. It was hard. Yeah, it was hard you because need a
0: big old VHS thing with like, <laughs> like a VCR <laughs> on your shoulder.
2: I, bo- I borrowed. <laughs> I borrowed my. Was dad's. there nothing small back then? Nothing. It was, right. it was. It was a camera with a separate recording thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking. I'm talking 1983 yeah. with really? a separate deck. And the gear was expensive. Now my dad was a film director and had a production company and they had it and I borrowed it and I shot a couple of things. Uh-huh. Yeah. But in retrospect, I, I, I wish I would've shot more. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. Wish, I wish I would've shot more. And I wish I would've, I, you, know, you know, I wish if I could go back with a camera, I would just walk around New York and take pictures and, and, and just, because yeah. guys like Matt Weber.
0: But the, that's why we should do it now. And we're still young, because we know what we know now. We're
3: documenting.
2: No, but, but, but I mean, everybody even more. has cameras now. It's a little bit different. A little different. Matt Weber was a, a, a cab driver, for a friend of mine, Upper West Side. Drove a cab, and as a hobby, took pictures. Nice. All his pictures are out. Uh, all his pictures, he has books. But but he. But what I don't have the the conscience to do is guys like Matt Weber, who would take pictures of storefronts, mm. streets. Shit like that, I wouldn't. I, even, like I wouldn't even that. think to shoot this shit. Yeah. Right. I don't. He just got subway sign, yeah. and stuff like that. And now the stuff is like your Forty know, Second Street, like it's dope. I, I I don't I don't think in those terms, yeah. especially as a young man. I, I never thought in those There's terms. That guy in your yeah.
3: documentary that took all the hardcore of the, the kids outside the club. The guy in Florida.
2: Oh yeah, Randall Underwood. Yeah, yeah. He's got he this did the same thing. Incredible archive. He just because it's it's one thing to go and shoot to, to go and shoot bands it's another thing to go shoot lifestyle you know like a lot of people go and just i know i know a couple of photographers this uh, uh, greg smith is one of them uh, who i have his archive now it's all bands on stage didn't shoot anything but was going on stage no randall jobs. underwood randall underwood shoot, shot everyone hanging out in front of cbgb's fixing the flat tire Eating the fucking pizza, and it's all this great lifestyle stuff. And like, who thought, who would think to shoot that back then? So those, that's that's great. That's great stuff. You know, what was Apartment X? That was the other. It was a squat. It was a squat that they had. It wasn't actually. It wasn't a squat. It was a place where a bunch of hardcore guys. I never. I never lived in a squat. I was like, "Fuck!" This. I so, never, had, I never had to live in a squat.
0: But yeah, like where we started this whole podcast was your dad and Mel Brooks, <laughs> right, yeah, And we never finished that. Okay, we're back. Like, so that'll be the bookend because so, we've been going for like an hour and forty-five minutes, haven't we?
2: Yeah. So <laughs> damn, yeah. dude. So my dad—that's been a great we wrap conversation. It up. Yeah, it has been. My dad, um, in uh, sixty nineteen sixty-three or sixty-four, uh, they did a short animated short film called the critic with mel brooks Uh look it up look it up on youtube the The critic Critic. i'm gonna look the critic and i'm gonna look
0: and i'm gonna watch your fucking show and get inspired
2: it's a classic the the critic is a classic i mean it it is i had a t-shirt with that one you you might see it and be like oh this yeah i mean and it won best short film in 1963 Uh so you want to hear the great Mel Brooks story? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so
0: so Go out on Mel Brooks. Go- <laughs> Let's do it.
3: Love him.
2: So I'm with my dad and I'm a kid, right? You know, you, with your dad, you know? And I'm with my dad and um, we're at a place called uh, the Friars Club uh-huh. here in, in New York. It was like, you know, it's, a, it's like kind of a, a, a place where um, writers and film business people w- w- would get together. So, And there was like a, a dining area, a dining room. And I'm with my dad, and I'm like nine, ten years old, and I hear my dad go mutter, "Oh shit," uh, I'll go, "Oh fuck," there's there's Mel, like 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 that,
1: mm-hmm. and I look
2: and I see this guy from across the room see see my dad, and he starts coming our way, and he shows up, and and he says to my dad, he 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 says he launches into this this whole like 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 like, like stage act arnie stone you schmuck are you still doing commercials and he, and he launches into this whole this whole thing and i'm like a little kid and i'm looking like arnie stone you schmuck like, like wh- why is what is what's this guy who is this guy and why is he you know being mean to my dad mm-hmm. you know and um and, the, and so he gets like the Friars Club. He like gets an audience. Everyone's laughing, <laughs> and it's just like it's showtime. <laughs> and he's just berating my dad in front of like this whole. And uh, but you know that's, he he he's he was a funny guy, and that's uh, funny. they they won an Oscar for it. And that's and my funny. dad tells the great story about how um, he didn't. They didn't even go to the ceremony. They they thought no way. Right. My dad was like home. You know where we were living. You know, and they won.
0: That's so funny.
2: <laughs> they didn't even. Go, they were like, forget it. Yeah. No way.
0: That's fucking funny. And they won. Dude, you yeah. got such a huge history in New York yeah. City. Yeah. It's really awesome. I'm also
2: a licensed New York City tour guide. Really? Yeah. You, you and go. John Joseph have that. Yeah, in that's common. right. We do. Fierce yeah. city. We does. do. That's cool. My tour is a little bit different than his. I do a cinematic and music walking tour. Wow, um, like heavy on heavy on film, and and I show film clips. Like like here we are standing right here, and I'll I'll show. What some, are
3: some of the great spots in New
2: York? Well, in, in in what my what my tour does, it starts out in Times Square. Um, you know, rich rich in cinematic history and music history. The Brill Building. Uh, the Brill Building, you know, the Winter Garden Theater, Beatlemania, and all that. And I show that clip from the opening of Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise, it's when it's empty, where Times Square is empty, and he comes. So I stand. We're standing right where the camera is, and and I show that to people. And then from there, we 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 go up. We we go up to the Dakota, yeah. which is a place that's incredibly rich in history. And I walk past the Dakota uh probably an hour before lennon was shot because i went to high school there uh, for a while and so i would i was kind of like right there and
0: g.e smith told me a story about being at the dakota uh with like because i have a song called the movies i'm just one of my new songs and it Uh references bogart and bacall
2: well they lived in the dakota
0: (laughs) he told me a story about like when g.e smith and gilda Radner got married g.e
2: smith was married to gilda Radner. I think so. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Gene yeah. Wilder was married to Gilda Radner. Well, no, G- probably was both too. were. <laughs> no <laughs> way, man. Wait, G. E. Smith. Oh no,
3: not Gilda. Uh, yeah, no, he was with her. He, she brought no, him into Saturday e. Night e. Live. E. Smith. Yeah, she brought him into the All band. Right, come on, G- no, no. no. Look, it, look it up. He was on the podcast. I'm he told that story. I, yeah,
0: Gilda Radner comes right up.
3: He told that story. Yeah, G.E.
0: Smith. Uh, oh, wait, G.E. Smith. No, she was married. Was married to Gilda Radner, nineteen eighty to eighty two. Before she was married to Gene Wilder?
3: (sighs) No, she would have had to been married to Gene Wilder before that. No, she passed away when she was married to Gene
0: Wilder. Okay, so before I guess. So anyway, wow. so, I did so, not know that yeah. Gilda
2: Radner was married to G so Smith. So then G. L- Smith, guitar player for Hall & Oates. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and
0: and he's recorded on my new album. Super
2: oh, nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Super like I mean, the G,
0: nicest. Amazing, Great. amazing guy. Master
2: Master of the Telecaster. But he
0: said so yeah, it, uh so he said Hold on, Gene Wilder,
3: nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty nine. So yeah. yeah, G. E. Smith yeah. was married to her before.
1: before. Yeah.
0: So though Lauren Bacall walks up to G. E. Smith and Gilda Radner put, holds their faces together and just goes this will never work. <laughs> <laughs> really? In the Dakota, yeah. Oh well, the God. Dakota... You bar- did say that on the podcast. No, course, but Car- he told me that story while we were recording, That's after we were crazy. recording the movies. I was like... Crazy. So it's like funny that you write a song and you reference Lauren Bacall in 2020, yeah, and then you wind up playing with somebody. Who knew Lauren Bacall And has a story <laughs> about Well Dakota's rich like, in that's history that's pretty funny
3: What
2: movie yeah. history is What there? else? Uh, Just from them living there That's uh, the... Excuse me Rosemary's Baby uh, Right that, yeah, that, yeah. That's the Dakota uh, That's wild John Lennon was shot in, Well in, 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 that's in not the vet, movie In, in the best of you
0: What do you think um, about that Like when certain little areas Create these magical moments Over and over again Like A7 And it's still like something or like even fucking brownies which is now coney island baby or blah 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 like that Uh, you know there's so much history there the dakota
2: yeah dakota you know why it's called the dakota right they they didn't name it the dakota it's when they built it it was so far uptown it's in the middle of nowhere it might as well be in dakota really really the building was not called the dakota that's funny. It was because it was in the middle of nowhere. If wow. you look at the early photos of the oh, yeah, of New York the building, all downtown, there's nothing there. It's in the middle of nowhere. Wow. So they said it might as well be in Dakota.
0: Wow. That's so
2: my, funny. my tour goes Dakota. It goes into Central Park. Central Park Strawberry Fields, rich in history. Yeah. Um, the uh, Bethesda Fountain, where I shot the typo oh, negative video, favorite
3: fucking statue in the I city. Where I shot
2: the typo negative black number one video, where where, where I worked on the Samantha Fox "I Just Want to Have Some Fun" video. Oh, wow. where uh, the, the, the Nauenberg band I used
0: to love her. I that- want to have some fun. I worked on
2: that. Yeah. And, everyone
0: uh, had posters of her. The, oh,
3: Nau- the even in Israel, everyone had really? posters of fucking Samantha Fox in their bedroom. I
2: saw her recently. I was like, I worked on "I Just Want to Have Some Fun." She's like, no way. That's funny. Um, Nauheimberg Banshell, rich in history. You know, John Lennon's eulogy. Uh, Martin Luther King spoke there. Um, you know, uh, uh, Sheep's Meadow, uh, West, and then West Side Story, the whole thing there in Lincoln Center, because they, t- you know, West Side Story was shot there. They tore all those buildings. Then downtown, we go Eighth Street. We walk down Eighth Street. We do Electric Lady Studio, Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. and then we go into Washington Square Park, rich in history. Uh, Astor Place down Lou Reed, down St. Sa- Mark's, yeah. Mark's. Make a right onto the old Jewish Rialto there, where all the old Yiddish theaters were. Mm-hmm. You know, the Players Theater's still there, where Stomp is. B and H Dairy, the old. Um,
0: I love B and H Dairy. Yeah, and B and H. Down to cat. <laughs> down
3: to cats. <laughs>
2: down, down, well, no, and then uh, the old Fillmore East. Then we turn up the street there where Mother's, <clears throat> Mother's Film Stage used to be, where we did Cyndi Lauper. I just want to have some fun. I tie that where, in. Where, where's that one? Mother's was a film stage on Fifth Street.
0: That's where you did Cyndi Lauper? Okay. Fifth like,
2: and what? what? Fifth between second and third. Yeah. It's like a condo now. The building's wow. still there. Really? It, originally, it was Beethoven Hall. Look, you know, I know, I know, I know. We're veering off here, but originally it was Beethoven Hall. It was uh, early that that neighborhood in the Lower East Side was a heavy German immigrant population. Yeah. The uh, the Slocum the Slocum disaster, the paddle boat that caught fire um, in in the in the East in the East River uh, uh, was uh, a landmark that killed a lot of people, and uh, from that neighborhood. And after that, a lot of the German population moved out. It was a catering hulk catering hall called Beethoven Hall. It's still there on the, on the wrought iron fence in the front. It says B-H, Beethoven really? Hall. It, it was reborn as a film stage. My dad used to shoot there a lot. I worked there a lot when I was a PA. Eventually, now it's like a condo. But when uh, um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun was shot in there, and I worked on a bunch of other stuff there, and it's part of my tour. Then we make the turn, and we do Great Gilda Sleeves, Bowery Electric, Joy Ramon Place, and we end up... At John Barbados which is used to be CBGB's
1: that's cool so no cat's
2: deli
0: so where do people go where do people get uh information on that to tour, uh, real new york tours real new york tours, yeah, yeah real
2: nice. real new york tours and i love doing it man i just love it i love i love it man i'd be doing that i'd be doing that full-time if i could i enjoy it because i'm out and i'm walking around and i'm in the streets and and, And it's like an it's like a show and yeah and it is it is and you connect yeah and people that come to new york are excited to do it and they're excited to do it with a real new yorker (laughs) yeah (laughs) any lou reed stories in your tour no no i don't have any lou reed stories no
0: All right, cats. All right. All right. Drew, <laughs> thank you still. so much, man. Well, that was fun, man. That was a lot of fun. That went fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was yeah. Two- about two hours almost say, yeah. is, almost that, usually, is hour that usually hour. what the show no is. not actually, that long no, usually an hour and and a half so you can edit it down no, bro no. no we won't edit it down. take out no, the dude, part the take last... out the
2: part where i'm talking about the race war and stuff like no. that. yeah take
0: take out the chromag part no. I, don't, I don't want any heat he, yeah, i don't yeah. want any heat with that <laughs> well All thanks right. for having me god man. bless and, and, and i just want
2: to say everybody else you want to check out my show uh, the New York Hardcore Chronicles Live. It is Stone Films NYC on YouTube or on the New York Hardcore Chronicles page. And check me out at www.stonefilmsnyc.com. And thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Thank for, you thanks for coming,
0: Drew. Bye. Bye. All right. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur.